This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack, having fun with the world gone crazy. All right, we were done with Iran. We were done. We were pulling out of Iran at the end of Trump's administration. And then Biden started doing stuff like giving them more money like Obama did. Remember when Obama sent him a pallet of uh, $100 bills? It was like, a, I don't know how many billions of dollars. And then, of course, you know, Biden released $6 billion dollars to Iran. It was their money at one point, but we took it for a reason. and We should have withheld it knowing that they're a terrorist funding organization. Now are we sending more money? Because we always do that. Whenever there's a Democrat in office, with the exception of maybe a couple, we try to appease people who want to kill us and it never works out. It never works out. The bully only understands one language and you know what that is. If you have any experience in high school. Violence. Oh. Well, yeah. If it comes to that. Nobody wants to talk about that. Because we want peace and, you know, chocolate frosting cakes and pinatas where flowers come out with butterflies. Yeah, but if the bully's picking on the little kid and the little kid hauls off and knocks his teeth out, the bully's probably not going to bother that kid no more. I mean, it's just like anything. When the words don't work, what does every, you know, creature understand? A fist. Boom. Okay, maybe don't do that because that elicits bad response. Yeah, but we all think that the entire world is as emotional as we are. We're not. We're really we are the ones with the problem right now. Anyway, we just lost two of our best. Two missing Navy SEALs. These are the best we have. They can complete missions that no one else can in our arsenal. Our assets. Two missing Navy SEALs on a mission that Biden sent them on that we didn't have to do if we kept treating Iran the way we did while Trump was in office. But we didn't do that. So now they're using proxies like the Houthis to bomb us. And after a hundred altercations, well, this is not even an altercation because that would mean that we fought back. Mm. After about a hundred times that they've hit us, we didn't hit them back until last week. So... Now we go on a mission to start checking some of their ships out that are shooting commercial vessels, and this is what happened. It occurred during a covert operation last week at the Arabian Sea. The mission was to intercept weapons that Iran was delivering to Yemen. As you know, Yemen's been lobbing rockets at us since October 7th. Now, according to the Washington Post, one of the SEALs slipped from a ladder while attempting to board the enemy ship. The second dove in after him to help but both were swept away by the powerful swells. Neither has been publicly identified. And while rescue missions are still underway, Americans are left wondering, where's Biden's Mideast strategy taking us? A couple years ago, we were leaving the Mideast. 
Now there's a proxy war. We're launching missile strikes and losing SEALs. When reporters asked the White House today, what the heck is going on? They turned their backs. Watch. Okay. Thanks, Thank Admiral. Appreciate Admiral, that. Any update on the missing seals? <laughs> All right, Zeke, you want to reset us? Could you give us an update on the um, the follow-on from the seal mission? Um, uh, in terms of when you say an update. What do you mean? What is going on here? What do you what mean in terms of? Are these people completely clueless or they just think they can just lie to us and ignore us and we just go away? That's not the way it works anymore. We've got to stop this stuff. What do you mean by update? Isn't that amazing? It's, like, it's insane. Anything to dodge the question. What do you mean? Maybe he actually didn't know. We, we didn't know where Lloyd Austin was for a week. What is going on? Good point. We have lost our, our control of our own military? I don't know what this insanity is all about, but go on. I said to China, if you buy oil from Iran, you're not dealing in here. They immediately dropped India, France, Italy. All of these countries were buying from Iran. Iran would give out billions of dollars to terrorists. They had no money. Biden drove up the price of oil, created an economic boom in Iran, handed them billions of dollars. And now our elite soldiers are disappearing, cleaning up his mess. That's exactly right. You know what? Once in a while, and I know there's very few people that listen to us that actually, you know, are completely on the other side of the coin here as far as media goes. But if you are, once in a while, venture on. Look, I'm not telling you Fox News. I can't stand I don't watch Fox News. But I do get some of their clips because it makes a lot of sense. What he's saying is absolutely 100% true. We were done with Iran. But then we go back and appease them. We it's it's like what's that called that stupid analogy with the beehive? You poke in the beehive. Why? Yeah, why are we poking it? We're the superpower. We don't need to do this. Now we lost two of our best men. Here's a former FBI, former Navy SEAL talking about what exactly happened out there. Well, what you have to understand what a VBSS is, uh, visits uh, board search and seizure. Um, it's the equivalent for civilians to understand. It's the equivalent of a traffic stop uh, in the middle of the ocean by law enforcement uh, and serving a search warrant on a felon um, and all in high seas. So this is a very, uh, it's a very dangerous mission because you don't know what you're facing when you go there. Uh, but they're using intelligence to look at these different types of boats. Uh, they're they're large boats, a small vessel or small ship, I guess you could say, um, and climbing up this thing about 20 to 30 feet on a small uh, ladder that's made out of cords and metal that you can climb up on the side of this and then execute a search and seizure. Um, the interesting thing about this is what you were just saying there is that these are re reactionary missions that the SEALs are being put on and they're, it's not proactive. The, None of this stuff should be floating through this Gulf. And the way that Joe Biden and the allies, not just Joe Biden and his administration, but the other leftist allies, uh, the, the verbiage that they use, uh, proportionate responses when they do an attack. That is why we're in this. And just like Afghanistan and everything else that the Biden administration has been involved with, two things occur to us. One, Trump was right every time. And also, everything is reactive. Nothing is proactive. And it puts our service members... Uh, um, in real dangerous circumstances. In this case, we have two individuals missing. Because when you, you look so at... Right. 
because when you look and act weak, you get punched in the face. I mean, that's exactly what's happening. And he's 100% correct right there. So we don't know their names. We don't know what the mission exactly was other than to board commercial ships. Remember, the Houthis uh, attacked 30 commercial ships with drones. So we can't be having that. A lot of those were licensed out, some to the UK. And uh, they were just doing something called flag verification, which is really, a, you know, sort of like a search, soft search. Mm-hmm. Well, because you get some boats that'll pretend to be a different nationality or put some, they switch flags real quick. So when you look at them in the binoculars, like, oh, it's just our buddies. Now, for 11 months, we're going to be bombarded by left media, ABC, NBC, CBS, and MSNBC. And, you know, this is what they do. They, you know, speaking of proxy, they are a proxy of the Democrat Party. They're no longer news organizations. How do you, how can you say that? And what's really sad is that about 50% of this country watches that, consumes that, and believes it. Although the belief level has gotten down to about 27% for the entirety of our country. But... If you're a Democrat, liberal, you consume... The number one thing is PBS, Mm -hmm. which they cloak their inaccuracies with their accent. Oh, you know, and all things considered. You know, like they get the ascot on and Mm. the smoking pipe and sweater and they're in a, you know, a little room where there's a bunch of mahogany desks and some bookshelves with really big books that nobody would read. They assume (laughs) you're too stupid to read that kind of stuff. They didn't read it either. But CNN Town Hall took place with Ron DeSantis. So for the rest of the year, we're going to hear nothing but gotcha questions, inferences that say that we're just a bunch of Nazis. I'm not a Republican, but I mean that Republicans are a bunch of Nazis and they're, uh, you know, they hate everybody that's not white, all that stuff. So the gotcha questions came right away. Wolf Blitzer. You got to tell me that's not his real name. A Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, I don't think so. Hit Ron DeSantis with a got you question. And this is all about sanctuary cities. That's how it began. And then it got down to the point where there was a couple of deaths at the border, which there's more than that every day, but we don't hear about them. This was just something because you see, Texas has taken over a part of the border. They've had enough. Border Patrol doesn't do anything except process when they can the illegals that come over and release them. So Texas said, we've had enough. The feds are not doing their job. So they decided to make it their job. So they called the National Guard down to the border and told the Border Patrol and they they accepted it. Told the Border Patrol, just stay out of this area. We'll handle it. So two people drowned and Ron DeSantis was asked by th- this by Wolf Blitzer. Over the weekend and you know this, over the weekend a woman and two children drowned near Eagle Pass, Texas as they simply tried to cross the Rio Grande. I love the way you said they simply, simply tried. They simply they just tried. simply, like people do it every day. I'm just going to try to well, cross the Rio Grande. They uh, do do it every day, but it's almost like they simply were just trying to get a meal at Chipotle. No, they were breaking the law. Yeah, so like when a, a felon goes to escape prison, it, he got shot by the guards for simply trying to climb over the fence. I don't understand what the what's wrong here. Yeah. The cop shot him in the head because he pointed a gun at him. He was just trying to point a gun at him. But, I mean, I've never tried to cross the Rio Grande. I can't imagine that it's that easy. It's dangerous. (laughs) It's crazy. But, anyway, here we go. After the drownings, federal authorities got a distress call about two more migrants in distress, but agents were physically barred by Texas authorities from entering the area. Which, by the way, the border guard agreed to do. They were like, okay, you handle it. What obligation does the United States have to protect the lives of these migrants? None. Okay. None. 
All right. Well, here's Ron DeSantis' answer. Because you're incentivizing some really perilous behavior. There's people that are paying large amounts of money to coyotes and drug cartels to be brought into this country. There are people being abused sexually. There are people that are being trafficked. We're in the, the country. The U.S. is incentivizing this. That's it's right. madness. It is madness. It's crazy. We're the ones causing them to attempt to cross the border because mm-hmm. they think once they get over here, and for the most part, they're right. They're going to get 2200 bucks right off the bat, a phone, a flight or bus ride wherever they want to go, and perhaps maybe even a luxury hotel room they can stay in with three meals a day. But it's not all it's cracked up to be. Do you see all the migrants that were going door to door asking for money, going, we were promised all this and we went through all this trouble to get here, and now we're not, we're not being given what we were promised. Can we have some money? And then, of course, the ones in Chicago that came from Venezuela, where it's a you know subtropical paradise, they're like... Yeah, this is a little cold for us. I think we're going to go back. We're going to go back. Yeah. So stopping the, the, the migration and having a closed border is the humanitarian thing to do. Now, I am going to empower the states to be able to enforce immigration law. I- All right, just enough of Ron. See, the problem with Ron is too many consultants. That's what killed him. Uh, but the point being here is that after, while that question was being asked, 12 hours before Wolf Blitzer got out there and all the other networks talked about these this couple. Nobody wants to see anybody die. But the problem here is the mother and the two children that unfortunately perished in the Rio Grande. That happened way, way before. And law enforcement knew, except for Border Patrol didn't know, neither did Texas National Guard, that they had drowned already. So Wolf Blitzer and all these people that are asking gotcha questions like that are lying. Now, is CNN going to come out and say, look, uh, we didn't we we got it wrong. They didn't get it wrong, but that would actually be something that's something that would be amazing if they did that. But they lied. What they did is they already knew that this had nothing to do with Border Patrol. This had nothing to do with the Texas National Guard, not allowing the Border Patrol in that area. They already knew it, but they wanted to ask a gotcha question of Ron DeSantis. And they did it to other candidates, too. You know, when you think about it, it's kind of like a, a weird, sadistic game show that you'd see in a horror movie. It's like, hey, if you can get here, here's your prize at the end of the journey, but you got to go through A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and all these obstacles to get here, and people are doing it. That was CNN over at MSNBC. They're after, you know, they're they're saying, Greg Abbott, he's evil. That's the way he operates. Greg Abbott wants. I mean, he's been talking about how Texas has done everything except shoot these migrants, and it almost sounds so as though he drown. was lamenting, so he let them drown. This one's on the guff. He let them drown. He let them, or did they climb into the river voluntarily? Right, that was a choice. He like- let them drown, and he did everything but shoot them. He knew, he didn't say that, and that never happened. They're, I mean, it's. remember what I told you? It's going to go from lying by omission now to blatant, uh, you know, lying by creating stories out of thin air. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, I was going to say that, that did everything but shoot them. So he's standing on the bank throwing rocks at their heads until they, what? Right. And I'm sorry. It, what? If they're citizens, I get it. But do, when is it our responsibility to save everybody that decides to climb into a river? Well. I'm, I'm not trying to be callous, but... You no, gotta but, draw a line somewhere. Otherwise, just, why aren't we flying to the Congo to save people drowning over there? Like, what? What, what do you do? Governor, I mean, it's his 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 troopers, his forces are preventing federal officials. Notice he called them troopers, the National Guard, the troopers. It's, it makes it sound very Star Wars, mm. you know, very evil. Right. Uh, law enforcement from saving a life 
or lives in this case. These are families. These are mothers, children. Uh, I just no. They're actually mostly men, and if they're Chinese, they're Asian in any way. They're usually military men with the same backpack and same credentials. It's weird, and uh, you know that's that's actually the. Tr- they, I mean, it's. How could you watch MSNBC and think that anything they're telling you is true is beyond mm-hmm. me? Because you can actually find all this stuff, even under the censorship of Google, you can find it. You know, you can go to DuckDuckGo, you can go to Yandex, there's other ones out there. There's like eight different browsers out there where you can actually, but I know, you don't have the time. Okay. Gamebag.com, I gotta do what? Yeah. So let's go over to Lawrence O'Donnell over on, MB, on MSNBC. Still around? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I didn't know he was an actor. She? Lawrence? Is it a she? 81 percent. No, he's a dude. Yeah, you t- you're Donald thinking of Marina. Thinking of- you're thinking of um- Rosie. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> anyway, so he's talking about Iowa, and it's funny because it's a poll that uh, ABC did, and he misquotes the poll. First of all, just so you know. So let me play you what Lawrence O'Donnell said on MSNBC. 81 percent of those people agree with Donald Trump. Okay, he's talking about Iowa. He's talking about the people who voted for Trump. That immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country. That That's not what he said, but let's move on. That means that 81% of the Republican primary electorate believe Nikki Haley has poisoned blood and is poisoning the blood of the United States. Okay, you see what he did there? Okay, this is really interesting. Actually, it's not. It's very simple. Uh, what's the word with a C? Uh, he conflated. What he did was, first of all, he lied. Donald Trump said illegal immigrants. Big difference. We're mostly all immigrants here, but we legally came over. My parents legally came over. It took them eight years to become citizens. You know, I'm sure that back in your lineage of the Italians over here. Well, and the Irish, too. You know, they're all immigrants, but they came here legally. But it's funny how when they talk about it, they leave out the illegal part on the subject matter that Trump was talking about. So basically what he's doing there, he's turning it... Saying that all supporters of Donald Trump in Iowa were white racists. That's what he's saying right there. That's what he said. So now he conflates the two. He makes up this whole thing about Nikki Haley. I didn't even know she was, uh, where was she from? Her parents are from the Middle East somewhere. I thought they were Indian, but now I think they're Middle Eastern. Well, whatever. She's considered brown because that's what I they- never would have thought that unless I looked. And I, I, when you look up her nationality, in her background, it says American, but I didn't. I had to do some research and look up her family and her lineage, and then when I saw her parents' names, that's what that I yeah. would have never known otherwise. I mean, and it doesn't matter. It people shouldn't don't like matter because she's a shill for the military-industrial okay. complex. That's why people don't like her. <laughs> anyway, but they got the memo, and it's been said on all these networks. Now the whole play is that the reason Nikki Haley didn't win in Iowa and got third place is because she's brown. I, I swear to God, this, I can't make this stuff up. So Lawrence O'Donnell goes on. That, as a roadblock for Nikki Haley, is impossible. But it also shows you what you're up against in any kind of campaign against voters like that. Voters like that. You know what's hilarious? It's because it's all they have to hang their hat on because before this came out, they weren't defending Nikki Haley. What's with the all of a sudden defensiveness for Nikki Haley? Oh, poor Nikki. She's brown-skinned and people don't like her. Look, it's all these racist people that are voting for Trump. Well, you didn't say that about Vivek before he dropped out. Nobody was going, oh, this poor brown-skinned boy has to drop out because of the color of his skin. America's racist. No. None of that was said. So Lawrence O'Donnell is a racist because you know what racists do. 
you turn everything into racism. And that's what he does. There's no campaign ad. There's no speech you can make. There's no, you know, <laughs> Republican, not any of the 81 percent, not one of them can be converted. You see, they're irredeemable. We just have to kill them. That's, well, I mean, see- that's how that's how insane these people are. And didn't that happen after Biden won? He basically was like, F you to the half of the country that didn't vote for me. Didn't he basically say he's that? Been doing we that like, he's been doing that his entire like, time in office. Minute. You just base, you just alienated half the country. You just He doesn't care. They don't care. Even this guy, Lawrence, what's his name? O'Donnell. Okay. They don't care. Yeah, they, do, they don't, unfortunately. I mean, okay, I'll get that out later. So anyway, you know, we got Super Bowls just right around the corner. That's right. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have playoffs going off right now. The mm-hmm. NFL wild, wild card playoff is this week, and it's between the Detroit Lions and Tampa Bay. That's right. So the coach of Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles, nice guy, very almost too nice. Um, he reminds me a little bit of Bobby Bowden in a way because he's very polite, and he's not like, uh, he doesn't even have that... Belichick sneer, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So uh, he could have ended this reporter's career, but he didn't. This reporter, I'm not going to say he's stupid or anything like that, although, because it's easy game. This is like, uh, what do they call it? Shooting ducks in a barrel? Yeah. This is too easy. Fish in a barrel. Whatever. Barrels, <laughs> fish, ducks, what's the difference? It doesn't matter what you're shooting in a barrel. It's still going to be easy. I already told you I'm not good at analogies. <laughs> so Todd Bowles was asked by a reporter in the crowd, how is the how are the Bucks preparing to play in the frigid weather in Detroit? They're expecting negative two with a wind chill of negative fifteen. How are the Bucks going to play, and how are they preparing to play the Lions in that kind of weather? Uh, jackets. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. I'm you confused. Just put yourself in the category of the reporter, but go ahead, Jill. What are they not playing? I'm asking, I don't know where they're playing. Are they playing in Detroit? Detroit, yeah. Okay, let me play his uh, response to the reporter. You do know we play indoors, right? In the other dome. Oh, that's right. It's an indoor arena. I don't. Um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds, getting off the bus, going yeah. under the thing. So we'll be okay. If you're a if you're a, a reporter, a sports reporter, and you're going to be interviewing, I would suspect that you would know which arenas have uh, are indoor and have roofs, and which don't. Which now a lot of them have been reconstructed. Some of them are more domes, and they are inside. So I guess they're good with that. He was probably thinking. He obviously didn't know that that was an indoor well, yeah, arena. I mean, but I'm he was indoors probably, and I'm freezing. But he was probably <laughs> thinking about the Kansas City game, which was outside. Which, by the way, did you know how many people, I just heard it today. 17. Got treated for hypothermia? Yep. Isn't that crazy? At a certain point, wouldn't you go hang out at the nacho stand for a while? I don't care how big of a fan I am. No, was, I want to see the football. You know, it's on TV at home. It was with the wind chill. It was like in the negative 20s. Was, I can't doing, even imagine man? being outside in that. I like a lot of cold weather activities. Sure. But like if I'm at the point where I'm getting hypothermia, I might take a break. <laughs> All right. So uh, University of Illinois, Champaign. I thought it was Champlain. Champaign, Illinois. It says, it says Urbana-Champaign, but it's Urbana-Champlain. Well, there's probably two. No, there's not. Anyway, How do you know? 
Because I'll t- you really want to know? Because I've been playing Flight Simulator my entire life, and the very first Microsoft Flight Simulator was basically a light in the middle of the screen with a little speck that would be the airplane. And the first airport they had on their little game was Champlain. Oh, well, okay. Champaign is a city in central Illinois. Maybe you're right. But this is Urbana-Champlain, no? Can you look it up? Maybe no, I'm wrong. Is, it's Champaign. Champagne, really? Champagne. All right. So, uh... They're offering a, a university course, a peek into how American couples who oppose, who have opposing political views can live together. First of all, if you get married to somebody, because to me, politics, and I think it's true, is a reflection of life. It really reflects rawly what life really is. And be- your beliefs, your yeah. internal beliefs. And, and it also, the mechanics of politics where you can't change somebody's mind, you know, about what they believe, no matter what you throw at them, um... That just goes into every, uh, it's an extension of everything in your life. So that's why I believe politics is life. It's the ugly, it's the part of life you don't want to talk about because we, we play a lot of games with each other. I mean, we really do. You go to parties, you make you like people, you giggle when it's not funny, you say things you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, that's that's what we do. We're humans. We're, we're, we're pleasing, really- Pleasing, pleasing to the other We're person. really a damaged species. But that, that, that aside, uh, they have a course on how couples- one Republican, one Democrat who get married can get along because right now there's a lot of heat on couples that are different political um, leans. Well, I think also it either it can work if one of you doesn't care. Like if one of you is a super hardcore left Democrat and the other one just doesn't care about politics at all. I can see where it wouldn't bother them because they just are like, man, okay, man. But how can you get married to somebody with such a basic subject and, and it's almost like uh, you don't agree on sex. I mean, it's such a basic subject yeah, and you don't discuss it before you get married? It's so nuanced, though, that like you could have a position on... You know, I'm a not solid position about, on 18 different, you know, right. things, but it might not match your persuasion. And, and it's ever changing. Red, I mean, blue, black, and white. Yeah, but there's a general, there's a general um, perception or a general belief of things that may not apply to every single little thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, for God's sake, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I, I may be, you know, liberal in some things and conservative in others, more conservative. I think that's how a lot of others. people are, unless they just grew up and yeah. they're like, my family has always had an R next to their name, or my family's always had a D next to their name, and so that's how I vote, regardless of the person or the issue. Mm-hmm. I've never lumped anybody in one whole category because of that. I'm but, not, like, but taking most, a tally going, well, you have all these and all these, so blue category, we don't talk. Yeah, but most people do have a political lean, whether they like it or not. If you were born and you're hypersensitive and you're over-emotional, mm-hmm. you mostly lean left. I'm not saying that as, as a pejorative, it's true. You know, uh, as you get older, for instance, I was liberal when I was in college. Believe me, I was liberal. I've got to get the man and these corporations are just greedy, you know, and you grow out of that. And you just because of life experience, you become more conservative. Even liberals become more. Bill Maher is an old time Democrat. He's a big liberal. But now he looks like a conservative compared to the whack jobs on the far left. Right. You know, and we have our whack jobs on the far right, too. But I think that it all comes down to communication and how you communicate what's important to you and what's important to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I have a a bunch of my friends. Two of them are married. They're female. And she cut out a bunch of people in her life because she was like, if you're even remotely Republican or remotely on the right, you hate me and my gay lifestyle, which means you hate me and my family, so I can't have you in my life. And all of her other friends, who were also gay, by the way, that 
maybe voted Republican were like, no, that's not true. We live the same lifestyle you do. It's just not everything to us. Like we have all these other points on this side that are more important to us than maybe every point on the left side. So I just think if you communicate and you'll have some people that are responsive to it and some people that aren't, they'll just be like, this is how I feel. And that's it. hundred percent. I could see totally how it could cause a riff in your marriage, but I can yeah. also see how people can function that way. Yeah, but p- people go overboard with that stuff. Well, now you can actually hire, uh, as an extension of this course, you can actually hire a political marriage counselor. Really? Oh, yeah. Are political differences affecting your marriage? Honey, will you please put the toilet seat down? The toilet? Oh, you mean where Biden put the economy? Don't let divisions over politics divide your home. Can you please squeeze the toothpaste from the bottom? What, like Trump squeezed Stormy Daniels? And with the election (laughs) fast approaching, tensions will only rise. My mother is coming over. Oh, man, we need to build that wall. (laughs) Oh, are you proud of that one, huh? Are you a proud boy? If this sounds like your marriage... Seek counseling immediately. A trained professional can help channel that negative energy into something positive. We still disagree, but now we take it out on each other in the bedroom. (laughs) I even find myself yelling, drill, baby, drill. I just hope I don't call out Laura Ingram's name by mistake. (laughs) Wait, what? We still have more work to do. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. We'll take a one-minute break and then come back for the debate. Get your fix at 1059sunnyfm.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. It's not stupid, never boring, till Bob true crime stories. So usually when I do these crime stories that I try to gather for you, there's, there's a specific way I try to do them where I try to do this build-up, right? Just so it's more entertaining. If you could make this kind of sick stuff entertaining, but <laughs> it's it's I try to do it in a way to where it would be beneficial to you listening to the story, right? But this specific story is just riddled with it, so you're just gonna get chunks throughout. Okay, there's no way to do a buildup because it's it's everywhere. Um, a security guard with a severed hand in his pocket at the oh. time of his arrest hey. has been charged with the murder of a decapitated woman. Uh, uh. Wait, wait, I told wait, 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 well, hold on. Yeah, we're already uh, How could you murder somebody that's been decapitated? 
Ah-ha. He murdered her prior oh, got by you. decapitating, and now he has a severed hand in his pocket. At the time of the arrest, he had a severed hand in his pocket, body parts in his front coat pocket, and they realized, hmm, you're probably the dude that killed this chick and decapitated her. Following? Gotcha. Okay. He was arrested, 25 years old. He was arrested in Colorado last week at his place of employment. He had human remains, like I said, in a plastic bag in the chest pocket of his jacket. Um, Here's what led up to his capture. The suspect's roommate told police that Martinez, which is the name of the suspect, showed up to a car wash around 5 a.m. on January 9th, covered in dirt and blood. The roommate said that he asked him to dig a 10-foot hole and offered to knock $1,000 off of his debt. I don't know if that means rent or what, for help. He also claimed that the suspect used a power washer to get blood off of his hands and was very secretive about something big in his trunk. Another witness says that Martinez also told him he needed to dig a deep hole that same day as well before he said the suspect allegedly dragged what appeared to be the body of a woman out of his vehicle down (laughs) to a creek bed. The man told police the victim was decapitated, but her head was still with the body. He said he also took video of the corpse. The witness showed the video of uh, Martinez to his roommate, and then I guess they showed it, the roommate showed it to the police. Um, He was apprehended at a place of a point of employment when they arrested him they do like a pat down do you have anything sharp in your in your pockets or anything and that's when they found the hand in his pocket and the hand belonged to the victim oh gosh he blamed the witness not his roommate for the killing said oh yeah that guy that turned me in he's the one that killed the girl i just hung out with her body for a little bit <laughs> oh, what if he's what if he's telling the truth i mean i'm who knows this story is so strange that it could be as for the severed hand, he reportedly said that the witness asked him to pick it up. So he's trying to say that this witness is the bad guy. I'm clean. This witness killed the girl. I was right. just kind of hanging with her corpse, keeping her company. And then he asked me to hold this hand for him, so I put it in my pocket. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what is wrong with people? He's been arrested and being held on one million cash bond. What about the a witness? Bond? Why would huh? you have him on bond? The guy had a hand in his pocket. Oh never coming God. out. Tune in again for more Bad People Doing Crime Things with Jill Bucko. Wow. That's a good one. (laughs) Million dollars bond? What what do y'all... Well, what's funny is, you know, you read these headlines of these crime stories and you're Mm. like, eh, that one's dumb or this one's dumb. And then I came across this one that says, man accused of decapitating woman arrested with severed hand in his pocket. And you're like, you know, I... I should do that one. And then you hear some of the like the crimes that like are no bail. Guy, you know, stole a sandwich, and I'm like, right? Okay, this guy had a hand in his pocket, and he's wanted for murder. I mean, you can't. Why is there bail for people that are? You know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? It's if like, you have oh, body bond. parts on your person, maybe no bail. Now, did they? The other guy, the the one he says, it doesn't give any clues on the witness, but, but wasn't I mean, arrested. No. no, of course not. Why, why would you do that? I mean, just because, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can bring him in for questioning. Maybe they were like, yeah, okay, no, he's fine. Let him go. But because, mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. If you're if you're out found with body parts in your pocket, what are you going to say? You No, this is mine. It's my lucky hand. My lucky hand? Human, yeah, human, I'm sorry. <laughs> Any hand, hand in a pocket that's not yours is really. <laughs> when you go to a hotel, do you use the iron in the hotel room no. to iron your clothes? No. Uh, iron's yeah. clothes. Depending on what I'm doing. If People- I'm in town for a wedding. I'm not packing an iron. Yeah, and people that are traveling for business, they're probably have a steamer. To, well, a lot of people bring us the steamers are genius. They're yeah. awesome. Oh, if they're you don't nice. have a, oh, they're amazing because you can just hang the outfit up and steam it. It's perfect. Yeah, the good ones like are the stand-up ones, which you're not bringing either. 
Well, there's travel ones, but some people don't want to do that. And they're like, eh, the hotel probably has an iron. I'll use it. Well, here's a reason why you should not use the hotel iron. Somebody filmed a video. Of course, they put it on TikTok. Oh, they nobody, peed in it. No, they didn't oh. pee in it. They ironed their private parts? That would hurt. I don't think that's somebody. Well, you, know, you just read a story about a guy walking around with a hand in his pocket, True. so nothing, nothing surprising. On the table. No, everything's on a table. <laughs> Apparently, people in hotel rooms are using their irons to cook food. Well, I mean, you don't have, it's not like they leave you a hot plate. So, what do you put the egg on the counter and they just slam it with an iron? This, How do you keep the iron on its handle so you can cook? Is it like a cooktop? He's pressing down on it. This specific guy was cooking a steak, so he had a steak in a plate, and he used the iron as like a, a top, top griddle, and then flipped it oh. over and did the same thing. He also cons- <laughs> how did it come out? He says it sucked, but he ate it anyway. I mean, people make salmon in a dishwasher. It tastes like starch. He also made risotto in the coffee pot. So he. <laughs> What, what? Okay, that's just so much there. Because of the hot water and the no, boiling. No, I mean, I, mean I want to talk to the guy. Why, room service was way too hard to do? Or You can't, yeah, you can't go to run through a drive-thru on your way back to the room. Or is this, you know, people do things like this to get clicks on social media. Oh, because yeah. Because they're like, oh, I'm going to put this up. And then everyone's going to be talking about it. Which we are, so it worked. Ah, oh, I keep forgetting that part. <laughs> okay, so there's a, a, a law or bill, I should say, that is... They're trying to pass in Oklahoma. Have you heard about this? Yeah, somebody's trying to defend it. Go ahead. Oh, oh, are they trying to defend it? Wait till you hear this. This is insane. This is, I don't know why we have to make laws and rules like this. This should be common sense, but I don't think that exists anymore no, in, in a lot. No, there's none of that. Um, so this is uh, Representative Justin Humphrey. He has put forth legislation that would prevent any school student that is basically pretending to be an animal or any kind of animal species from participating in school curriculum or activities. It would also prevent students who engage in anthropomorphic behavior, aka people that identify as furries, from attending classes. Now, before you go, well, this is how they identify. And then here's the thing. People like this and children like this are disruptive to the other students in class. Whether you're identifying as a furry on all fours, pretending to drink your drink out of a bowl, or you're talking out of turn, it's disruptive to other students and you're going to be removed from the class. Now, if you take the furry thing out of it, this has been going on for years. You're there to learn. You sit down. You do the work. If you're disruptive, you are removed, asked to go to the principal's office. So, But they're, they're, people are going to defend this because they're going to say, well, that's their identity. No, yeah, I'm sorry. If you're acting like an elephant or a little puppy dog and you're in the eighth grade, you don't get to come to school. What happens is they're going to call your parents and say, come get little Fido, bring him back home, give him a good ass whooping, let him know what's up, and then he can come back. <laughs> little Fido. Yep. You know, uh, Shining Veil, the son, is a furry. No, he's not. Yeah, in- yeah. Did you watch season two? I'm watching season oh, okay. two right How now. Is- oh my God, the what third episode. I was I was left scarred from, from the final scene. Oh, okay, I have yes. to see it. What but show is this? This is Shining Veil on um, Showtime. So... Yeah, it's a channel. It's been around for a while. I know, but I don't think people, do they have their own app now? It's on uh, Max. And yeah, it's, it's just like on. the rest of them. They're all oh, on, if you go to Apple say. TV, they're all on there. Go oh, I got that lumped in a peacock or something. So listen, so back to the furry thing. There are students that I know at my son's school that do identify. That. Now there's adults no, they that- don't. Don't, yeah. do they really? Wait, we didn't have, why was the, and none I don't of know. this present when I was don't going know. to school? My biggest thing when I was going to school was, oh, I'm not allowed to wear like the short denim skirt that all the girls are wearing because it's inappropriate for school. So I just have to wear my regular, like that was the thing. Or putting on too much makeup. Oh, you look like a hula. You're not wearing that makeup to school. Now it's um, get off of all fours and stop trying to eat your lunch on the floor. <laughs> 
what is going on? <laughs> and I asked my son something because he used to be friends with this one girl in elementary school. And I said, what's going on with such and such? You never talk about her anymore. And now like, she's a cockatoo? She kept asking me to scratch behind the ears. It's weird. When He's like, talk. she's weird. And I go, what do you mean she's weird? And the, the, the lingo with the kids these days is weird or annoying, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily they're mean, but they'll go, ugh, they're annoying or ugh, they're weird. So I said, what, what, what makes her weird? He goes, she thinks she's a cat. And I said, I'm sorry? I said, jokingly, though, right? Like, she wears the Ariana Grande cat ears. He goes, no, Mom, she thinks she's a cat. She meows, and that's how she talks to her other friends, and they meow to each other. No, they don't. Come on. They're just going to stop this crap. <laughs> and I said, and he goes, and that's why I'm not friends with her anymore. And I was like, well, okay, why do we why does fair this go, enough. Why does this, obviously, therapy is needed here, and we don't do it. From what I've heard, it's not a very comfortable home life. My guess is this is the new, and I'm not making light of this, this is the new schizophrenia, multiple personality disorder. Hmm. You have a bad, and it makes sense, you have a bad home life, and you try to go to another identity mm-hmm. to kind of cope with the trauma that you're receiving at home. That's what my guess is. But then the teachers the teachers rather pull, put out, you know, push, are you a girl or are you a boy, than actually get these people help, help. that they need. And then... She went from identifying as a cat to identifying as a demon, which that's that's where you get. And it started coming out in her work. So there was like pentagrams and it was homework. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's super fun. Maybe don't go near her. (laughs) You just got to teach your kid there's different ways to stand out than doing the absolute kookiest, most shocking thing that you can think of. All you have to do is is buy a Stanley Cup. Well, and if you don't have one, then you get judged. No, I'd rather I'd rather have the judgment of the Stanley Cup than have children acting as furries. Anyway, this whole lawmaker was like, look, if they act like this, they get pulled from school. And people are like, that's not fair. So people are actually defending it, saying you can't See, have a bill banning the furries from school. Is, it's, it is bad that we have to have a law that's that, what I said. that yeah. says to kids like, hey, stop being so attention seeking. Mm-hmm. Relax. I mean, what do you when you think about it, what do you do to a child? At least I did this, and I you you recognize it mostly in young kids, maybe in middle school, probably a little bit in high school, um, and parents will be the ones to call you on it, and sometimes your other friends when you're trying to show off, and you're not acting yourself, and it's like oh they're trying to show off or they're trying to impress somebody. Do what kids in my high school did: bring a switchblade and show everybody. <laughs> that won't get you in trouble at all. I promise. In this day and age, probably not. I identify as a, as, a, as a murderer. Okay, well, well that'll get you caught. Um. Speaking of having things on your person, Arnold Schwarzenegger, did you hear about this? So I had to read the whole story to figure out what in the world was happening. So he is in hot water with Germany. I guess he was flying into the country and he was going there to auction off a very expensive watch. This was a, a, a handmade custom watch that my guess, I think it's over worth over $100,000. And I didn't oh. know that when you went to different countries, because I'm not rich enough to carry things on me that are over $10,000, if you have something on you that's over $10,000, you have to declare it and you have to pay taxes. Yeah. So he hadn't declared it going into Germany and they found it. It wasn't like it was on his wrist. It was oh, in his suitcase. Mistake. Right. But here's where it gets weird. You have to pay taxes because he's got a watch that he owns. Well, we that do he, that too. Like if you don't declare stuff. You have to but declare it, something. Did he buy it in Germany? He's going to auction it off in Germany if for charity. So on the way back, well, you have to pay taxes on the sale. Why would he have to pay taxes to bring the watch? And whatever. Well, if Germany's got laws like we do. I'm it, not surprised. Well, because it flags you for like being a, 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 how did you get this money? Why you travel around with so much, you know, something that's worth yeah. so much. Well, it's, the, I'm too poor to ever get it. But you never get the form when you've traveled internationally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get yeah, the little yeah. blue thing yeah. and you fill it out? That's what that is. So a representative for the customs office in Munich, um, 
was saying we've initiated a criminal tax proceeding. Uh, the watch should have been registered because it's in an import. Um, but here's where it got weird. So Arnold was glad to pay it. He was like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. Here, gave him his credit card. For some reason, the credit, the credit card machine got all glitchy and it wasn't working. So then they go with him to an ATM and they're like, take out some cash and give it to us. Does that seem sketch to anybody else? Of course else it me? is. Yeah, foreign officials will usually try to uh, uh, shake you down if they can. Yeah, so he's like, uh, and he didn't say anything. He was willing to pay it. But me, if you're taking me and I got I got Guido on one side and Vinny on the other, I don't know what they call him in Germany, but that's how it is in my family, and they escort you to an ATM, that doesn't seem super legit to me. No. I'd be like, no, maybe you need to just figure out your credit card machine. I'm willing to pay you here in a legit way. Or you call the cops. Well, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's so weird, but... Um, obviously, everything he does in his life, and he's still in the acting world, triggers an idea for a new movie. Coming to theaters, Arnold Schwarzenegger is back, and this time he's on the run. It's failure to declare. Listen to me. I have this watch, and I'm not going to declare it at customs. I'll never declare it. Ah! Watch as Arnold refuses to declare his items at customs. Here comes the customs officer. They want me to declare this watch and this bag of oranges. I'll never declare any of my items. Get back here and declare your stuff. Never. Ah! Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> stars in Failure to Declare. Get to the chopper, which I also have not declared. Ah! Coming to theater. I know. It's crazy, right? Crazy talk. <laughs> Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. All right, so I don't know if you remember the World Economic Forum last year. Uh, that's where John Kerry said that um, he felt like him and the people there. By the way, if you don't know what the World Economic Forum is, once a year they get together in Davos, and they're the richest, most powerful men and women in the world, right? And they're also delusional, plus uh, they're isolated. So, you know... Um, and they're the kind of people that like to dictate what we should do without them actually doing it themselves. For instance, John Kerry flies to the World Economic Forum in his own jet. Right. And in one flight, he produces enough carbon equivalent to a year of 500 homes, uh, you know, using power. Th these people are the biggest scumbags that ever existed. They're dictatorial, and their whole endeavor is to to apply world, global, what is it called? The world or new world order on us, which is there's a, and then he said it, he said it last year. He said he felt like we are like aliens that have been brought down here to fix and save the world. I played it for you. Remember mm -hmm. that? So that's their mentality. So they're back there again, thinking of ways for them to enrich themselves and make us miserable. But before they do that, See, they're, they're so much more intelligent than we are. Their brains are twice the size of our brains. Their brain stems go down to their ass. It goes back around the back of their neck, covers their spine, and goes back to their rear end. It's, wow. Their brains are that large. It's almost like a brain tail. Interesting. So they went and wagged it at the World Economic <laughs> Forum, and they started the whole thing off with, they have to have something. They always have. I don't remember last year. What was last year? It was really bad. Remember, it was some girl hooting or something. She was, ooh, ooh. Don't you remember last year? Oh, yeah. They always hooting? have to have some weird person exerting some kind of uh, ceremony that they do somewhere yeah. from the caves of something or other. So they topped it this year. Oh, gosh. Chief Putani Yawanawa. Okay. That's not a real name. Yes, it is. Uh, she is the lady of the rainforest. 
Now, by chief, is she actually she's a, she's American a, Indian? Is she? I don't know what kind of Indian she is. She's dressed in it looks like Indian garb. She her face is half red, which to me is red face. That's highly racist. Anyway, um, yeah, she's out there, and she did little. I don't know what you call Ceremony? this. It's not poetry reading. It's she's breathing in the air of the rainforest. She has brought it to Davos so these elite people can experience the spirit of the rainforest through her. I don't think they care. Now, the first step in the process is for her to do some ritual where she's working up the rainforest spirit inside her, and then oh. she's going to breathe it on the forehead of each and every one of the most very uncomfortable elitists on this panel. You go from COVID and mask wearing to let me breathe my rainforest breath in your face. Exactly. <laughs> and I think her breath smells like bark and snakeskin. Okay. But here we go. Now, she's not coughing. She's going, ha, ha. She's doing like a- Knocking uh, a loogie? Yeah, like in the band you like, uh, Krogman. You remember when she's the She's doing a breathy sigh? A breathy sigh, yeah, but it's very breathy. Here we go. Let's. Uh, she just did her incantation. And now she's doing the whatever she does. Why should I- yeah, and too. it's funny to watch these elitists like John Kerry. I want to look at their face. And what, oh, oh. What's their expression while she's They're, doing this? You could see it. Go look at it. Their expression is one of like, oh, this is so beautiful. I feel her. And, and, and these people are- They buy Yoko Ono's art, put it that way. They oh, do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, and Biden's. What's her name? Chief Putani? Chief Putani Yawanawa. Here we so go. She's Let's, a chief. Now she takes her rainforest breath and breathes it on the forehead of the most powerful and richest people in the world on the panel. Here we go. <laughs> Hold on. Now she they clap and she walks over and closes. Look, a little piece of hot dog is on his forehead. Okay, she walks over to them, grabs their head like like a watermelon. Okay. Brings it to her face, leans over like she's gonna give them a kiss, but then breathes on their forehead. Next one. One more. I like want to say bless you, but I know she's not sneezing. <laughs> and then everybody goes nuts clapping. I don't get. Are they clapping out of because it's awkward, or are they clapping because that was something? No, no. That it's, she it's it's things that us peasants cannot understand. That's why we have to give them all their money, all our money. I saw it on Instagram, but I can't find it now. So anyway, John Kerry was there, and he keeps on going. Now, uh, people in Chicago are sitting in a parking lot as we speak right now, hoping to retrieve their electric vehicles from the deadly. S Freezing snow that's going right. on in Chicago. If you don't know what happened, uh, there's several parking lots that Tesla actually put up their high-powered quick chargers. None of them work because it's too cold. And it turns out, a little something about an EV car. First of all, when you charge it and you successfully charge it, because most people haven't been able to even get the charges to work, right. you can only get it up to 41% when it's that cold. And then the battery expels all that energy within 50 minutes. You really can't go anywhere. Can't That's providing you can actually get a charge. Here's some of those people right now. They've been stuck there for a day and a half. That Some of them living in the store next door or at the Starbucks. Some of them just go home. Friends pick them up in gas-powered cars, John Kerry. The battery has been dying constantly, and for the past, I would say, four days, we've charged it like seven times. <laughs> This guy is trying to get the door open because the electric key doesn't work. Come on! 
the past few days, the, the, the weather has been in the negative. Negative 10, negative 12, negative, just all negative. I can't even charge my vehicle, y'all. And then you got all these cars right here waiting. And these Tesla, these charges is broke. They're all broke. No, they just don't work because it's too cold. Because nobody ever thought of that. Because you see, they were built in Arizona. Hey, and then John Kerry goes on there and goes, everything you just heard is a fabrication. It's a lie. There has been a very, very clear policy, which regrettably has been attacked by people who are engaged in high levels of disinformation. They've been trying to scare people about the range of vehicles. So there's range anxiety out there. Range anxiety. I got to write that down. Our own, uh, what's her name? The short-haired um, Wicked Witch of the North, what's her name? Our grand home. Our yeah. trans- our, um, what's she? She's the energy secretary, grand home. Does she Ma- have range anxiety? Oh, oh, now she does. She was going to prove that EVs are just as good as fossil fuel cars. Okay. Remember, she got in the F-150, got about an hour into the ride, and then needed a charge, couldn't find a charging station. And then she went in a gas-powered car. To block it off, right? No, she sent her people in a gas-powered car to block off. So and- that when she got there, she could charge it. Nobody else would be there charging right. their car. And it's in the middle of the summer. If you remember, this is one of the hottest summers ever. And these, this couple, this young couple, I'll never forget, I'll, I'll never erase that picture in my mind. This poor couple in their gas-powered Tesla uh, with two children in the back and a baby in a baby seat are waiting online. They're second. They're about to get into the Charger, and here comes Grand Home's team on the gas-powered car, kicks them off the line, and stands there with their gas-powered car waiting for Grand Home to get there with the F-150. <laughs> that must have been a nice look. That was being towed to get another charge. It's, it was a disaster, and they tried it again just a few days ago. But uh, John Kerry says, that's all BS. These people are just propagandists. Well, it's your own administration, pal. Then Trump got in the mix here. Listen they to want the- mandatory electric cars. The cars go for like two, two hours. What are you going to do? Everyone's going to be sitting on the highway. We're all going to be looking for a little plug-in. Does anybody have a plug-in? My car just stopped. I've been driving for an hour and 51 minutes. Now, before you hear the president of Uber... I want you to realize that Hertz just decided to sell all 20,000 of their electric vehicles. Stop! Nobody wants to drive them. Nobody even wants to rent them. It's a big hole in the wallet. And on top of that, those are not there for your convenience. And it's not about the environment. And the reason they don't go two hours is because they don't want you to. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, now the CEO of Uber, virtue signaling how much they care about the environment. You know what's going to happen? You're going to end up stalled out in a very... Bad part of town. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the car is going to be turned up on cinder blocks, and I don't know what you're going to turn up on, but hey, can't be good. Here's the CEO of Uber. We are totally committed to electrification of our fleets. Right? We talked about by 2030 in the U.S., Canada, Europe, 2040 all over the world. Now, to make you feel good on the way to work today, I want you to really internalize this. You're smarter than the CEO of Uber that's making Uber amounts of money. Mm-hmm. You're smarter than them because you have common sense. This guy is just a pawn for the Democrat Party, and he's somebody who likes to virtue signal how wonderful and how much he cares about you when he really doesn't give a rip. Why would you want to endorse that when the livelihood and the success on your business revolves around the fact of you being able to drive from place to place and not having to stop every two hours and charge your car for 30 minutes to an hour, however long it takes to charge. Why? That would just make your business efficient. Why, yeah, why would you do that? All you got to do is, is, see, he's probably went to a politician going, hey, you got this one little law in the way and it's kind of you know hurting our business. What can you do about it? Don't worry. I'll take care of it. All I need you to do 
is say this to the public because we got this whole agenda we're trying to push through. And I mean, who better than you? But can you imagine calling for an Uber or going on the app and doing an Uber and they're like, it's going to be 45 minutes and charging the car. Okay, well, then I don't need you. I can call a cab. Well, again, those things aren't there for convenience and they're not there to save the environment. Everybody knows how bad they are just to make for the environment. It's about keeping you in one place. They don't want you to travel well, all over like you that, know, man. Th- th- you with your tinfoil hat. You, well, d- no, they d- are. Call me crazy. I said. So, I know. I said at some point that might be true, but I think the real reason right now is because pretty much uh, most of Congress is invested in these companies that have the electric cars because they full well know that the money's not going to come from people buying the cars. The money's mm-hmm. coming because the government is subsidizing them. These dealerships buy them and they get a cut. And what are you going to do with all your oil money when you're not making as much now that we don't drill here? It's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, untruthisms, President Kamala Harris was on with you the view. You mean vice president? Vice president. No, I, president. I meant that. <laughs> she, no, she, it, she it's, didn't do it's, nothing. It's the Harris-Biden campaign now. There's no way that Joe's going to get, forget the basement, just to get him out of the bed's going to be tough. So she was in South Carolina. She was on The View, too, and she's just showing up support. And the biggest objection right now, 76% of Democrats and Republicans say they don't want Biden in office because he's too old. And if you listen to a speech from him and the campaign in 2016, the the contrast between then and now makes him sound like he was 30 years old when he spoke before. That's how bad it's gotten. And nobody wants Kamala in office because she's too stupid. So she was asked, yeah, but she's out there reading her talking points. And I really think she's one of these people that no matter what you do, no matter how many consultants they throw at her, she's no matter- say what she wants. No, she, no, it's not even that. I would actually respect that. Uh, that's what happened to DeSantis. I think she just doesn't even prepare because she seems unprepared for just about oh, everything yeah. she does. She, th- she doesn't realize that Lady, you're not smarter than everybody else. You just got thrown in a position because you look good in that position. And it doesn't really... I think she's just so full of herself. She thinks, well, I just I just got to say the things, couple more words, salad speeches, and I'm done for the day. So anyway, she's uh, been asked about, well, what about Biden's age? You know, most people think he's too old. How are you going to change that perception? What is your plan to try and change this perception? How do you do that? I'll tell you the reality of it is, and I spent a lot of time with President Biden, be it in the Oval Office, in the Situation Room, and other places. He is extraordinarily smart. He has the ability to see around the corner in terms of what might be the challenges we face as a nation. So he, he can't see a flagpole in front of him. What is she talking about? <laughs> yeah, and uh, there was a lot of times when uh, he looked around the corner and either the, I don't know, maybe he wasn't wearing his glasses because he said this. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. Yeah, he, he looked around the corner and didn't see what was coming in spite of all the information he had. And uh, we look like fools around the world. That was his first volley of stupid. I do love the way he says Taliban. Taliban. Yeah. <laughs> Taliban. And then of course, there was the big one. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah, yeah. So Kamala's right. Uh, it's yeah. He's just bright, and he's in, he's just whatever, man. Uh, anyway, she says now. This is a great point, though. I might even go on on her with this. Uh, the reason you should vote for Biden is because of the applause. But that's getting out and resonating with Americans, with a lot of your supporters. How do you cut through that and make sure that they're seeing the Joe Biden that you were just describing? Well, I mean, listen, you're here with me in South Carolina. You saw every room we went in, the numbers of people who are there applauding quite loudly. And they're applauding for me and they're applauding for Joe Biden. Yes, they are. That's that's it. Yeah. 
So when she was on The View, how much did they kiss her ass? Oh, God, there wasn't even that. Oh. They didn't speak. They let her speak the whole time. Yeah, didn't, they were <gasps> polishing Sonny didn't her. try to interrupt her a hundred times? Not really, no. No. Joy Behar was out there. Oh, wow. It was terrible. She was landed on thick. Big round of applause for The View. I hear they set a new record. Do you hear about this? No. What, gassiest show on TV? Close. Lowest ratings for a talk show on television. (laughs) Actually, it broke the record because the ratings were so low. Now, how bad does that depress you knowing that they make millions of dollars? Speaking of Biden, uh, this was a telltale sign of what his life experience is like compared to ours. And uh, how Kareen Jean-Luc Ponty Mellencamp Springsteen will dodge the question at any cost. It doesn't matter what the question is. She's dodging it. Yeah, the White House spokesperson dodged the question after reporters asked, Hey, uh, Biden was at a coffee shop and he just seemed a little surprised about the price of coffee. On last Friday, the president was at a coffee shop in Pennsylvania, and he seemed to be surprised uh, that the smoothie was $6 and how expensive it was. Uh, I'm curious, is, is, so is the president now realizing the costs that Americans are, are bearing? So look, when he went over uh, to you all, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to the... To Let me tell you what's going on, because I, I watched it. What's going on there is... She's sparking uh, and they're uh, pulling... No, out. no, no. Well, that too, but at the same time... She, see, that's the thing. She's not qualified for this job, nope. even, even in the most mechanical sense because she's she's socially uncoordinated while she speaks see Jim uh, Pisaki was a master of this you would ask the question and her job as White House spokesperson is to immediately go to a talking point that's written in a loose leaf right all Switch. she has to do a kid could do this if he's smart enough is cor- take what you said and meld it together with what's in her book on one of the subject matters all you have to do so if somebody says prices all you have to do is think prices prices you Economy, economy, Biden's uh, rescue America plan. Mm-hmm. And that's all she has to do. But she's very awkward and it's very difficult for you. Just thinking about it is a struggle. But think about it. She has to think about it. And then she has to loose leaf it. Right. She has to turn the pages. That's what was going uh, to, on here. Uh, uh, but she finally to, found to it. The, to, to the press corps. He was having a good time, right? Uh, offered up to... to Still uh, stalling. Know, uh, offered up to, to buy them coffee. Turning, uh, turning pages. A, a big group there, and he made sure everyone got coffee and pastries. So I just want to make that really clear. That was just Phil. Now she found the page and found what the talking point is, and here we go. It was $6, and, I, and I'll, I'll do it anyway. I, I hear you, and that, let's not forget what the trip was about. The trip was about small businesses, right? There have been six... 16 million small businesses that have tried that have started and filled out for applications. Did you hear anything about small business? Did anybody say, hey, what's the deal with small? No. He asked, why was Biden surprised about a $6 smoothie? It's well, a glitch honestly, in the system. If it's small businesses, yes, that's exactly why he's out there. Is he seeing how his policies are affecting small businesses to the point where they have to charge $7 for a cup of coffee? So anyway, she goes on. That's a big deal. That is really important. What that means is that they have the confidence, small businesses, uh, folks who are starting them, have the confidence in the economy to start a business. See, she's very happy now because she found the talking point with mm-hmm. everything she has to say. Now she all, all she has to do is read it. Well, it's funny because the whole reason they hired her was for like social justice reasons because she's black and she's gay, but socially, overall, she's awkward. So it's just bit them in the ass. Yeah, go ahead. And that is, uh, I think that's also really important too. And the president was able to do this, or we've seen uh, Americans able to start uh, f- file for applications to start small businesses because of the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan. Now, you don't want to know why inflation, we'll get to inflation. You know why there's inflation? Because of the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan, we don't have any money. 
So when we do nope. something like this, we have to borrow the money. And when you print money, you create inflation, right? Because then you put money in people's hands and there's not enough supply. So the amount of supply we have goes up in price. And that's called inflation. President Biden's American Rescue Plan, $1.9 trillion. Did you get any of that? No. Mm-mm. Nobody got any of that. You know why? First of all, it was all about giving his friends who voted for him and set up his campaign and contributed their money back. That was one thing. And then some, of course, because you got to have some interest on the loan. So that was the American Rescue Plan. And she has another one she could tie it to. By the way, no Republican voted for that. And so it's gotten the, it's gotten the economy back on its feet and also given the confidence uh, for small business owners to start, all right, for people to start a small business. 16- okay, I'm not going to bore you with Can them. we stop? With the right, right after everything, right? right? No, I, I haven't decided if I'm. Gonna, no, no, you're agreeing with me, right? Yeah, no, I'm not. I haven't decided. I finished what you're saying. Stop going right, right. You following, right? What did that happen? Every, Everybody's everybody, doing it. it. They went from let me be clear to at the end of the sentence saying right. Uh, on July 27th, here's the other one, $891 billion. Think about that. That's almost five to six times what we've given Ukraine so far. And people are, I'm nervous about that. That added to inflation. That was the Inflation Reduction Act. Living in America. Now, now here's, <laughs> wrong. here's a man who speaks the truth. Ready? Why is everything so damn expensive? Four years ago, my rent was $1,200 a month at a luxury apartment complex. It is now $2,100, not even including utilities. I went to the grocery store yesterday, right, and got three bags of chips, some ground turkey, and some vegetables, and it was $67. What? Three years ago, my electric bill was averaging $45. Now it's averaging $125. You go and get a tank of gas once a week, and you're dropping 70 bucks. I mean, a guy can't even buy a can of dip for less than $8. $8 for a can of dip? What the f- is going on? <laughs> He's right. I agree with everything I mean, he said. Hey, lying. All right. Every week, we like to take a sideways look at politics far from Washington, D.C. We go over to Mar-a-Lago, where the former president is standing by live. Donald Trump, good morning, sir. Good morning, Stacy. Jill, hi, you sweetheart. Hi. Smoke crack, how are you? Doing well, sir. I don't care. <laughs> well, guys, you can now call me the reigning defending king of the Iowa caucuses. And believe me, I kicked a lot of cock ass the other night. Believe me. <laughs> Yes, he won the Iowa caucuses by a large margin, sir, taking 51% of the vote and 20 delegates. Ron DeSantis was in second with 21.2%. That extra 0.2% comes from the lips and his heels. <laughs> well, Nikki Haley came in third. That was a surprise. It, it all kind of sounds like a really lopsided horse race, doesn't it? King Trump. King Trump wins by 50 lengths. Meatball Ron a distant second and pulling up the rear is bird brain Nikki. <laughs> well, on Sunday, you were telling voters to show up to the polls even if they were sick as a dog. Look, it's all about commitment, Jill. And let me tell you something. Hypothermia is a small price to pay when it comes to showing how much you love our great country. And should people die after braving the extreme cold to vote for you? You said it's worth it. You obviously were, were exaggerating joking. Well, of course I was exaggerating. I don't want them dead. I'm not a monster. And I still need everyone to come out and vote for me again in November. I mean, come on. Duh. I mean, in all fairness, 
These were some great people who came out and voted. I saw one guy who was just about completely frozen. They rushed him in. They put him right in front of the voting machine. He pulled the lever for me, and his fingers fell off. <laughs> well, well, True. After the caucus results came in, uh, one of the other candidates, Vivek Ramaswamy, dropped out of the race, and he endorsed you, too. Yes, he did. He did. Not that I need it, but I will say he's a tremendous young guy, very smart. Vivek, Vivek, uh, Vivek. Well, he's gagan, so that's all that really matters now. <laughs> well, <laughs> and speaking of candidates who are out there on the uh, out of the race uh, since we last spoke to you, former uh, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie dropped out as well. We saw that. I know that was terrible to hear. No, I feel really bad for the hardworking men and women who are out there every day trying to help Christie win, especially the poor bastard who had to go in and clean the bathroom on the campaign tour bus. Oh, oh sweet Jesus! Can you imagine how terrible that was? I really don't want to think about it. But no, seriously, Chris Christie was a worthy adversary. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to wish him good luck in all his future engorgements. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, Christie said he refuses to endorse me. I swear, that D-cup-having traitor is such a vindictive pain in the ass. <laughs> he really is. Well, former President Trump, on Monday you lost a total of three lawyers who were representing you in the both the hush money criminal trial in Manhattan and the E. Jean Carroll defamation case. Your spokesman said you have the most experienced, qualified, disciplined, and overall strongest legal team ever assembled. Would you still agree with that? Look, it doesn't matter who's on my team or not. I'm the one with the brilliant legal mind. It figures because I watch Law & Order reruns all the time. Uh -huh. Watch it quite a lot. I know I have all the laws. I know them down by heart. So it makes sense that I only hire the best lawyers. They're the best of the best. Now, are any of them around for very long? Hell no. But they do an amazing job. Bottom line is I have... Really, I have the greatest revolving door of attorneys that I haven't paid yet that anyone's ever seen. Believe me. <laughs> well, finally, sir, the current First Lady, Jill Biden, defended questions about her husband's age and whether he was up to the task of being president for another four years. She said, right. I, I see Joe every day. I see him out traveling around this country. I see his vigor. I see his energy. I see his passion every single day. What are your comments on that? Excuse me, but Jill Biden, we don't need to hear about Joe's passion. Sleepy Joe only has passion for soft foods and taking naps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well. And by the way, just to correct something else she said, Jill said she, she sees Joe Biden every day, which is uh, an obvious lie. Nobody sees their wife every single day. It's like me and Melania. We see each other, what, three, four times a month at the Mar-a-Lago Club when we happen to pass by each other in the hallway give each other a polite nod. That's the normal amount of time to see a wife, as we all know. Well, that's all the time we have, but thanks for calling former President Trump. You're welcome, Stacy. And if any guy sees his wife any more than that, chances are he's getting nagged huge. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. All right, so I think I know which way Rick is going to go, or at least I think I know what question you're going to ask, but this is interesting. Tell me what you think about this story. So basically, this lady was at a school event for her child, and she was there with her husband, and one of her husband's co-workers walks up to her and says, I really loved your soup from the other day. To it was To the wife. Okay. It was delicious. Can I have the recipe? She's referring to the soup that the wife packed for the husband in his lunch, and she was thinking, how did you have the soup that I packed for my husband? She said, yeah, me and your husband have lunch together every day, and he often shares his lunch with me. He thinks you're a terrible cook, by the way. She said, I was shocked. I felt like my husband was cheating on me with another woman. Since then, I've only gotten more and more angry about this betrayal. Am I overreacting? 
Hmm. I don't think so. So no. she's she's like, should I bring this up to my husband? Am I being what do you mean, crazy? Are you bring it up to your, of course you're gonna bring it up to what is this is the problem gonna, here. Wait. Why what is the avoidance of confrontation? Well, this, I think I think there's always a pause when you wanna say something to a spouse because uh, they're stereotypical reaction would be, oh, you're crazy. And okay. she doesn't want to be called crazy, so she's thinking... Why is she upset? Yeah, but though? that's all fear. What You, you got to get a he little... He doesn't understand why she's upset. People got to get a little Cuban on. You really do, you know? And uh, other ethnicities will respond in kind. You have to get in his face, right? What are you talking? I, would, I wouldn't hesitate. What do you mean you're having lunch with him every day? What, why? And you're giving him the food I'm making you? Not all of it, probably. He said often Turn shares. his mic off. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Sharing a lunch, which I think could be con- construed as like a... You share food with me? Your wife cooks all the time. Okay, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, but, oh, 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 okay. you're a dude, though. He, there's no, 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 yeah, 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 dude. Oh, wait, he's sharing this you're with a, a woman? You're, you're a guy. Yes, she knows this is a woman. This is oh. a, a younger woman that he works with, a female co-worker that came up and was like, wait, I love on. your soup recipe. Oh, your headphones on? Were you listening to the same show I was? All right, yeah. It's yeah, so a, it's yeah. a female, which, you know, whether you like it or not, changes things. See, but that what, that's what drives me nuts about relationships. You always, I hear this all the time, well, we're having problems. No, you're the one with the problem. Uh-uh. If you don't address something immediately and you wait and you're anguishing and then you have to tell your friends about it and then obviously sometimes it always gets back to the husband or wife that you were talking to your friends about it instead of confronting the problem right there and then. See, my problem is I can't do things... Um, a little bit. <laughs> I, mean, no, I have to, I have to go either all no the way. Little. Like for me, right then and there, I'd be like, you what? Hey, you, come here. What's this crap she's telling me? What are you giving her the food that I'm making for you in the morning? Exactly. You're going to go ahead and share it with her. Are you not oh, eating honey, it? Honey, don't cause a scene. No, he would that's never where say you, that, No, I'm saying that in most cases, that's the response you'll get. And that's when you kick him in the nuts. But then it's also a delicate balance because if you don't want her to know that you're upset about the situation, oh, you, you want to play him. it off. You, later when you get home or on the car ride home, first you give him the silent treatment on the way home. That's how it's done. Then on the way home, you're like, what do you, what do you, what are you? Why are you giving You the f- would wait till you get home? You got to give him the sign. You got to build it up. Remember when your parents would ignore you and you, you they go wait till you get home and then the whole waiting till you got home built up that fear. You got to build the fear yeah, up. Yeah, you see, my family, the fear comes in the physical uh, pulling of said nuts into the <laughs> other room at the party and then pinning him up against the wall and going, what did I just hear? Well, I think that you That's and me healthy. both are in a relationship where that situation would never even happen. Well, I don't think did, my husband would ever share food. If I was making his lunch every day, or even if he was making his own and it was leftovers that we had in the fridge and a female coworker, a young, attractive female coworker was like, oh, the food you've been making your husband is delicious. We share lunch every day. He shares his lunch with me. I think he'd be like, if he heard that out of the side of his ear, he'd be like, I'm dead. I'm dead. Can I come sleep over at your house tonight to the person next to Because I can't go. I'm dead. I'm officially now I'm dead. What if she was starving and he saved a life? All right. So what happened? What's the result? There is no, this was just a question. It doesn't give you the closure. This is See, just the, these dear should Abby's, I bring it up to my, yeah, this is like Where's the, the answers? I know I already gave the answer. Yeah, I wanted to know what you guys thought of that. Um, this is a story that to me really went nowhere, but it's everywhere. And so I thought I had to touch on this Pat, Ch- Pat Sajak story. They're going to try to make a big deal about everything that he does because it's his last season and he's going away. And I think that some of this stuff... He, I've noticed he has more of a personality now in this season than he has in the past. Normally, he's very kind of like, Meh. he's not very funny. And when he tries to be funny, it's just, it's, it's dad jokes, which is okay, whatever. And that's what we're kind of used to from him. So when you read the headline, it says, Pat Sajak yells at contestant and tells her to shut up. And you think, 
holy crap, he's gone off his rocker and he doesn't care anymore. That's not at all what it was. These people that write these headlines, and I know why they do it, to get you to read the story, to talk about it, which is exactly what we're doing. But basically, she won a ton of money. And you know when something surprising happens or exciting and you go, shut up! You know, and you say that, oh my God, shut up, no way. Oh my God, shut up. You're not really telling the person to shut up. Here's what happened. According to my math, by 200... Oh! You didn't mean that personally. No, no, no. Not, never. According to my math, by $233, you are the winner. $11,900. Shut up! Uh, it's been a big phrase lately. Oh. But you know, social media causes such an unnecessary drama from time to time that that's what it turned into, but it really it wasn't stemmed from anything. Right. Um... I feel like we talk about this all the time, but I, I wanted to talk about it again because it's such a, a newer way to use this drug. I'm going to talk about Ozempic for a second, and it's um, the side effects haven't been known or they suspect certain side effects. And when you see any kind of drug on the television and you hear the whole list of side effects, um, but there's still some that maybe haven't been discovered yet. Right. So with this craze of people trying to lose weight, whether they're on Wagovi or on Ozempic, uh, actual Ozempic, there's been some specific side effects. We've told you stories about people that have had either trouble going to the bathroom, they've uh, had too much of an easy time going to the bathroom. In other words, they can't stop going to the bathroom. Some right. people were actually going to the bathroom in the bed in the middle of the night when they were sleeping. Oh, no. Um, a lot of people were having muscle issues, stomach issues, and now Jillian Michaels, who we've talked about before on this show, she is a nutritionist mm-hmm. and she's uh, a personal trainer. She's warning of something called Ozempic face. Oh, God, what's that? You can see it on people that have used Ozempic too much. It's when your face is sunken in. Remember I told you I have a friend that's in the medical field, Mm -hmm. and she said, I could see people literally cut down half in size right before my eyes. I see them, and when I see them again, they're half the size they were, but they look about 15 years older because now their skin is sagging. It's got no elasticity in it. They've lost so much weight that the skin is hanging off their bones, and it makes you look older. Well, that's what Sharon Osbourne did. She looks terrible. And Kelly Osbourne did it, too. There's a lot of people. Oprah Winfrey, Sharon Osbourne, and they all said they have no regrets about being on the medication. But the problem is, you can never get off this drugs. So, according to Jillian Michaels, she's like, if you do go to get off of them, the meta-analysis shows that you're going to gain the weight back. And not only that, you're going to gain more than the weight that you originally lost. Ooh. Most of the time, two-thirds of it within the first year. And is that from your, just your appetite returning or what? Well, it's here's what it does. And I didn't know this. I thought it just was like, oh, it makes you not hungry. It actually yeah. slows down your digestive system to keep the food that you did eat in your stomach longer. It slows, your bowels, do that? It slows oh. your bowels down. That's not good. It's, I wouldn't think it would be. No. I'm not a doctor, but I wouldn't think it it would be great. And she said, um, there's one dieter that actually went on Wagovi. She had to pay $1,400 a month for Wagovi. She lost 15 pounds only to gain it all back and some additional weight when she quit. And according to this um, this uh, uh, analysis and this data from people that have been on Ozempic, you plateau after about 18 months. And then to me- 18 months? Yeah. And so you start to plateau after 18 months of use, so a year and a half. But- you have to be on it forever in order to maintain it. So now you're beholden to this drug, which is what they want you to do. That's why I had a friend that wasn't even fat, not even remotely, in great shape actually, went to go get a blood test for one of the 
off brands of Ozempic. I don't know whether it was Wagovi or semiglutide or whatever, which one it was. And she goes in, takes a blood test, and they're like, yeah, you qualify. I'm like, how do you, how? How are you qualifying for a weight loss drug? You're not overweight. But it's because they want you to spend your money, this $1,400 a month, for the rest of your life. Sure, we'll take your money. You could be on it forever. Yeah. It's the greatest fraud that's been perpetrated on mankind this century. And yep. I gotta be honest with you, insurance isn't gonna cover it forever for you. And eventually no. you're gonna be paying these huge prices for it. Yep. But if you think people are the only ones overweight, you are sadly mistaken because have you ever had an animal that's overweight? I got one right now, Fatty McFatty. He's uh he's just born that way. He's fat. How 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 many pounds bones. does a cat weigh? I don't know. I guess maybe 15, 16, 17 pounds. So I mean, see, my cat weighs 16 pounds, but he's a bigger breed of a cat. No, but- this is not that. This is, he's a carcass. He's got a little tiny, he looks like a, uh, you know what those, um, what are those dogs that are, look like shepherds, but they have three inch legs? Corgis? Uh, corgis. <laughs> the cat looks like a corgi. Waddles. Yeah. But waddles real fast. But the thing is, is what's funny is so you're looking at the cat from overhead. Yeah. And it actually looks like this big football of fur is just moving without legs because Aww, you can't see his legs. Because he's so fat. So, yeah. So this big fur thing just moves around the house. You're like, oh, oh, that's Fatty McFatty or Buddha Belly, whichever we have. <laughs> Heaviest cat I ever had was 27 pounds. He weighed more oh. than our Thanksgiving turkey. He was humongous. We put him and the turkey next to each other, and the cat was bigger than the turkey. And the turkey was like 25 pounds. That's a big turkey. Um, but, you know, obesity in America is attacking more than just humans and cats, also dogs. So now they're thinking if you take this Ozempic drug, maybe it can be used on animals. Is your miniature poodle not so miniature? Is your chow chow eating too much dog chow? Then it's time for Dog, 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 Dog Zempic. With Dog Zempic, my boxer is lean, mean, and the only thing he eats now is his own poop. Dog Zempic is the twice weekly injection you give your hound to help him shed the pounds. It's so easy to use because dogs love getting shots. Down boy! Dog Zempic works on all breeds, except for those really tiny purse dogs. Oh no! My chihuahua just evaporated. So ask your veterinarian about the best way for your dog to lose weight. He said to take my dog for a walk once a day. (laughs) Nah, I'll just try. Dog, 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 Zempic. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Hold on. Kill and smokestack with... Man, you're really stupid in the morning, aren't you? Stupid news. All right, so this guy, Raul Rocha del Silva, he's 23 years old. Uh, He was one of seven inmates who escaped prison on Christmas Day in Sao Pablo. He was at the Provincial Detention Center. Uh, Rocha del Silva ended up turning himself in just days later. In his latest picture, you can see that the tattoo was removed, so I guess he had it done while he made his escape, but I guess he was sick of the tattoo because the tattoo said, and I think it maybe got him in a little trouble, he was easily identified because the tattoo said on his forehead, I am a thief and an idiot. I am a thief and an idiot. Why would you get a tattoo that says I'm an idiot? I mean, because you're an idiot? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe that was his uh, punishment from the judge. Guy in China who attempted to pass gas and then light it on fire because he's seen it in movies. Oh, boy. Learned the hard way that some pranks just aren't worth the risk. Viral video shows Bin Tozi of Jilian province laying on the bed as a cohort raises a lighter to his backside. However, when the light interacts with Tozi's flatulence, a giant fireball emerges, setting the prankster's pants on fire. 
There it is. The video ends with Tozy flailing on the bed in panic, attempting to pat out the fire on his rear end. He eventually manages to extinguish the flames before it gets any worse. Not surprisingly, experts advise against trying to pull a Tozy and do this experiment on your own uh, as a party trick. You could burst into flames. Do you remember what happened to that one guy? Because if you, if you know the logistics of when you do that, sometimes when you're like pushing out a little bit, it will get sucked back in. And yeah, I wasn't guess, that a Kurt Russell oh, movie backdraft? I didn't know that. And he did that, and a little bit got sucked in along with the flames, and the hole inside of him was on fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, did your belly just explode like a propane pig? I think he died. I a can't remember. A propane pig? Well, I mean, you're filled with all kinds of gases. Who knows? Wow. It's just not smart. An Indian man has been caught trying to take a, an exam at a Punjab university on behalf of his girlfriend by wearing lipstick. And a dress. Officials at Baba Farid University of Health Sciences in Punjab's Ferdok district recently caught a young Indian man using a disguise, a dress, a makeup, and uh, lipstick um, to take the exam uh, of her girlfriend who was trying to be a health worker. The youth identified as Angriz Singh from Fazilka showed up at the examination center in... What is this? Do you get these stories just because you want to torture me? Sometimes. Yeah, that's why I do it. The youth identified as Angriz Singh from Fazilka showed up at the examination center in Kotkupura on January 7th, dressed in full female attire, complete with red bangles, bindi lipstick, and carrying documents in the name of the woman he was trying to impersonate. While his disguise may have fooled the staff, they, how, how? Um, they couldn't trick the biometric scanner when his data didn't fit the one in the database, so he got caught. Well, I mean, biometric, biometric scanner to take a test. Do you do that, that now? I was going to say, you couldn't tell off the bat? I mean, really? Because, I mean, I haven't seen a photo of the guy, but... Eh? A Virginia woman who set the internet on fire with her sizzling mugshot is sharing the secrets behind her glamorous look. Veronica Colville, 27. You she's look? pretty. Yeah, I've looked her up. Mm. Is she hot? Yeah, she's real pretty. She's she's natural pretty where like she can have no makeup on and she's got like a mole on her face. It's kind of Cindy Crawford-y-ish, um, but she's very pretty. Virginia, very naturally pretty. I need a guy to tell me. Hey, can you look her up? Yeah, let me see. I already looked her up. No, Why but you, you're, you're saying girl stuff. She's pretty. I don't, I don't want to she know is. That. She's very pretty. Yeah, she's pretty, but that's not... I want to hear hot and what else... What other accoutrements are... Accoutrements, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she was driving uh, last May, and uh, she was pulled over 99 in a 55. The registered nurse pleaded guilty to the misdemeanor and subsequently spent a night in the slammer. She was also slapped with a $750 fine and had her driver's license suspended for 30 days. Caval thought the ordeal was behind her until a photo snapped shortly after right. her arrest was posted on Mugshaw's Mugshots. Oh, S H A W T. Like Mugshaw's. Mugshaw's in Instagram. Uh, speaking to the Post last Tuesday, the smirking stunner said she is shocked by all the attention, insisting that she. It's a very strange because she's a very average-looking girl. Smoke. Uh, she's got a little bit of a Cindy Crawford thing going. That's on. That's what I said. That's See? it. But see, the thing that's interesting about her is because she has a little bit of makeup on, so people were like, oh, we want to buy her makeup because she looks so pretty, and she's like, I'm not rich. I get my makeup at Target. She's got dangerous, sexy eyes, so they look sexy, but maybe I'll hit you with a hammer. 
Oh, yeah, your okay. favorite, yeah. That is attractive. When you've committed a crime and you're getting your mugshot taken, you need to look your best. That's why there's Slammer Girl Makeup. I stole a car and cost $50,000 worth of damage, but it looked like a million bucks thanks to Slammer Girl Makeup. Just check out this eyeshadow. Straight ahead, please. And to the side. Wow, your cheeks have such a rosy glow. Part of that's the makeup. Part of it's from hitting the steering wheel when I crashed into that Mercedes. Can I take a few more for my personal use? Eh, knock yourself out. Oh, yeah. Looking good. And so bad. Sleazy, crazy, violent. Slammer Girl. In stores now. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. These people are insane. Stream it now. 1059sunnyfm.com. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. If it wasn't for people writing in to complain without fail, we wouldn't have Rick Stacy's hate mail. All right. Uh, it's been a while since we did a hate mail. Might as well do one. I'm doing this on the fly, so forgive me if it doesn't sound all. Prepared properly. You just got this, what, 20 minutes ago? Not even. Yeah, it's about 50, 18 minutes ago. What was you it? You suck, you jackass. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, It seems like uh, there's some people you're never going to get through to. I mean, I could play you every network because this particular story that he's criticizing us on is on every network. I mean, some of them will sugarcoat it. And we're talking about Fannie Willis. She's the district attorney in Georgia that's uh, out to prosecute Trump for... Um, you know, uh, trying to overturn the 2020 election. It's a state case. It's dangerous because you can't get pardoned on a state case or a state conviction. But then after everything that's been going on since she announced that the grand jury brought back the indictment, um, all of a sudden we found out that she had a secret lover. The guy's a lawyer. His name is Nathan Wade. He's off campus. He's not in her office, which is unusual because mostly... You go into your DA's office, you go into your office, and you use one of your prosecutors. She's got eight of them on her staff there. Four of them highly experienced in what this case is, a RICO case. That's what they're trying to try. That's how they get to the mob bosses. Mm -hmm. It's a RICO case where you can be indicted and convicted without actually being caught with the gun. Okay? So uh, she went around that. And we found out last night... She didn't get approval because if you go outside of the office of the district attorney to hire a lawyer to prosecute a case. I was going to say, surely there's a check. You have to get an approval from the uh, Georgia State. Uh, I forget which department. She didn't do that. So that's another layer of wrongdoing on top of everything else. But but I'm just giving you the uh, preliminary here. So I get this email. And this, this is the most frustrating part of my job. And I understand why, but even understanding, you get frustrated. Mm -hmm. I get it. Some people, and it's a good chunk of this country, it's very dangerous what's going on. It's extremely dangerous. I keep saying this because it's true. What's going to bring down this country, not, not necessarily just stupid, but it's people blindly believing the people that are giving you the news every day, thinking that they're telling you the truth. Now, the good part about this is that... Surveys that have come out recently say that we have a very low level of faith in our media now. It's down to 27%. It needs to be zero because ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, and even Fox News at times are lying to you. They're lying to fit an agenda. They're no, these are big corporations. They have debts to people who do them favors. And the biggest uh, favor that these people do them for ABC, NBC, and CBS, I happen to know, is they have access. Mm -hmm. You do what we tell you, and we'll let you have access to the president. Mm -hmm. You want to do that cool interview? 
Here's what it costs. Good example is when on ABC News, what was her name that had the story about uh, Jeffrey Epstein? Amy Robach. Amy oh, Robach yeah. had the story of Jeffrey Epstein two years ago. ABC News knew that any moment now was going to be the royal wedding. So to get access to the royal wedding, they had to make sure not piss them off. But guess what? Prince Andrew was using the services of convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein mm-hmm. and making arrangements for people like Prince Andrew to have sex with underage girls. She had the story two years ago. This has to do with child trafficking. It's a serious, serious thing. She had all the details, all the names. They squashed the story. She was really pissed off. I have the audio, but I'm not going to look for it And she did all the legwork for it. She had all of it. She handed it to him and said, here, here's everything we need. And they were like, well, no, because then we won't get the royal wedding. So that priority is right there. That's where this stuff falls by the wayside. So the media is generally run by big corporations and politicians who can do them favors. And pretty much, you got to know this too, the majority of media journalists are Democrats. Most of them are far-right Democrats or liberals, and they're there because they in the era, they went to college to change the world, not to be journalists. So the, the bias is extreme, and mostly they do it by omission. But at sometimes, especially right now, it's by fabrication. They make stuff up. They actually go out there and blatantly lie, and a lot of people believe it, like this guy. And what's frustrating for me is like, man, I could play you, I could play, first of all, the Fannie Willis story is Everywhere. Been on on every major network. But he writes, where's my, oh, I have my hate music. Come on, I love that. Well, you kind of went on for a little bit, so. Sorry. He's prattling. It says, I blew it. I came back to listen for 30 minutes to the morning show. That's your first mistake. I've switched to satellite radio because of the Trump cult that is your crew. Jackass. Constantly spewing disinformation and hatred and division amongst its listeners, which kills me because I know that I'm actually telling you that the government and the media are the ones sowing division into the nation. Today's highlights, this means yesterday, I mean lowlights, wow, you're clever, related to Georgia's prosecutor, first of all, she's the district attorney, uh, whom they said was sleeping with another prosecutor she hired who was paid three times as much as anyone else and was basically a traffic lawyer. Yes, he basically is, and highly incompetent. Nobody said incompetent. I said he just wasn't a RICO case expert who's tried RICO cases. He says, quoting now, not true. And what's really sad about that is it's all true. It's all true, and it's right there. It's all true. You just looked it up. That's all it takes. And then he goes out to say, other stuff was said, but I was reaching for the dial. Wow, that's mm-hmm. really dramatic there, Bozo. Really great. Can't get to dial I'm, fast yeah, Before they say something else, that's disinformation. <laughs> Hurry, it's so far away. This criticism of an affair is really rich coming from a member of the Trump cult. Trump is cheated. Really? Uh, This criticism of an affair? It actually happened. They went on vacation with the money from the taxpayers that was used to prosecute this case. District Attorney Fannie Willis and her lover, Nathan Wade, the attorney that was not part of her team that she slept with, went on luxury vacations on the taxpayer dime. Yeah, nobody's yelling at her for having an affair. They're having, they're yelling at her for picking the guy she's having an affair with as the attorney and giving him all the money that he maybe didn't deserve. Well, I think most people also criticize affairs. Nobody goes, yeah, you're having an affair. Yeah, so, but even then, as far as like legal stuff goes. So thank you for the hate mail. We haven't done one in a while. Dad gummit. That's right. <sighs> well, you know, I always like the short ones. You suck, you <laughs> jackass. You get a lot of those. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Do you remember Daniel Penny? Uh, the subway guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the subway sandwich guy, but like on the subway, he went to save somebody from a, what was a guy with a knife? Yeah, it was, about a, it was March 20th a year ago. He, uh, Daniel Penny, uh, former Marine, was on a subway, a bunch of other people on there, and there's this guy who's been a Michael Jackson impersonator walking the streets in New York. Very violent criminal, has a record a mile long. But you would never know it by the news stories. They'll just show him in his Michael Jackson garb and be like, he's just an impersonator. What'd he ever do to you? Yeah, his name is Jordan Neely. Well, one day in the city subway, New York City, he was on there acting erratic. Uh, the uh, passengers were scared. And a lot of them have testified as witnesses that they were fearing for their life. Didn't he actually lunge at one lady? He lunged at one lady and he threatened everybody that he was going to kill somebody today and he didn't care. Those are his words. Daniel Penny was sitting in one of those seats in the subway car listening to all this. And he grabbed the guy while somebody else called 911, put him in a chokehold. Now, this is important to the story, so I have to tell you, so don't be calling me here race. Somebody just wrote the other day, why do you have to tell everybody it's a black guy? Well, because it's important important to the story. story. Uh, Another guy, a black guy, held uh, Jordan Neely down while Daniel Penny, a Marine, obviously training this kind of stuff, restrained him by putting him in a chokehold. The guy died. Okay, I don't think he intended to kill him. But other passengers were in danger, and he protected them. Well, New York is upside down. Criminals get out free. People who do good things and save other people are the ones that get convicted and indicted. So the attorneys argued that Neely was insanely threatening at the time of the incident. And Penny was pleading not guilty to charges of second-degree manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide. The lawyers yesterday asked for dismissal of the trial, and the judge said no. So he's going to be tried... This trial begins in uh, June, I believe, and he's going to be tried for uh, second-degree manslaughter. So it's just, you cannot win. So what are you supposed to do? Just sit there? And watch the, no, you're supposed to take out your phone and film it and watch it happen and then post it on social media. Oh, okay. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of sick. And you wonder why people sit, you know, stand by when somebody's getting their ass kicked by somebody. So. Look what happens when you help. No, exactly. That's that's my point. Um, Tucker Carlson had a good point the other day. He's still doing the thing on Twitter, but he's got his own show now. I mean, it's not on a network, but he's putting putting together his own. No, this is another one. He's actually built his own website and show and everything. Oh. But it's going to be online, yeah? Right now it's online, yeah. Okay. So he was talking about the upcoming election. And, uh, you know, we have people out there like Hillary Clinton, election deniers, who uh, think elections are rigged. I mean, every time a Republican wins, there's a bunch of Democrats that stand up and say, hey, look, it was rigged. Mm-hmm. They didn't win. But they never, again, back to the media, they never tell you that. I could play you oodles and oodles of audio of Democrats complaining that an election was rigged. Stacey Abrams, Hillary Clinton, and it goes on and on. So Tucker was saying, remember, the pandemic hit and it gave everybody an opportunity. In Jane Fonda's words, usually she would say, oh, this is a big opportunity for the Democrats. We did mail-in voting. Big mistake. Easily, easily, uh, that's open to fraud. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do it again, it looks like, even though there's no pandemic. France did away with mail-in voting right away. When I think s- that's smart. Yeah, so Tucker Carlson got out there and said, imagine this. What would happen if we held an election the way that Americans used to do it just a few years ago? We should try that sometime. Here's how it would work. Everyone would vote on the same day in person. You would show up and present an ID, just like you do at the airport or the liquor store. 
Then you'd mark your preferences on a piece of paper. You'd do it manually. There would be no electronic voting machines. There would be no drop boxes or absentee ballots. The poll workers would probably be people that you recognize from your own zip code. They'd be your neighbors. They would not be employees of Mark Zuckerberg from California. Mm. As for the names on the ballot, you would get to choose those yourself as citizens do in a democracy. Judges wouldn't be allowed to tell you who you can vote for and who you can't vote for. You'd get to decide. And then once you voted, nobody could order a stop to the vote counting. That would be illegal. So you would know the results of the election in just a few hours and you would feel pretty confident that they were pretty real. That's how we used to do it in this country. What would happen if we tried it again? Right? Uh, There's an idea. Why don't we do that? Well, this is a state that is overrepresented by white. Sorry, sorry, that just started rolling. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's something that we should pressure our Congress people to push. That we should go back to Tuesday. You know, go there in person, vote, wait in line, get your little sticker, and then go home. Absentee ballots from military accepted. You know, but mail-in voting. It's, oh, but Rick, if you ask somebody for their ID, that's racist. Uh, can I plead that when I go to get something that I'm too young for? You know what I'm saying? I can't buy anything without my ID. Right? All right, let's get to some doctoring. I did don't 500 times and I did don't 500 more Cause the survey said that I should diddle all the time Till I can't take no more well, we just had um, Senator, a uh, Senator, um, Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense in the hospital. We didn't know where he was for a week. Turns out he had prostate cancer, yeah, uh, which is prevalent in men, obviously, because they have a prostate. So uh, there's a new study that just came out. Many listening. And of course, wives have to listen because they got to understand why this is happening. Not because you're not hot. The new study suggests that men should doodle themselves at least 21 times minimum a month to prevent prostate cancer. Oh. That's almost every day. That's it? No. Yeah. According Smoke's to, like, I thought you were going to tell me three times a day. According to new research, IFL Sciences published, doing that at least 21 times a month is recommended to cut down on the risk of prostate cancer. Research is published in the European Urology uh, journal suggests that doing so could reduce the risk by up to a third, according to the really? research. Honey, what are you doing in there? I'm uh, uh, healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm preventing can- cancer! <laughs> if only it made that noise. <laughs> Would you like it that? <laughs> Speaking of prostate, you know King Charles is about to go under surgery for an enlarged prostate. Well. I don't know if it's... I'm not saying it's cancer. I'm just saying it's been all over the place. No, that, he's about that to happens go under. when you get his age. Uh, um, he doesn't have a lot of practices. I do want you to know that there are some good politicians out there that are actually doing the work. That oh, yeah, like who? Okay. Just, just relax. These are people that actually do care about you. And they not only care about people like you and I, but they care about animals. And I feel a connection to them because I love animals. I know you do. I love animals more than I like people. Mm-hmm. So I want you to take this story to heart. Congressman Ted Lieu, Democrat Los Angeles, has introduced a bill which I sure everybody will agree with. And it's important. And with all the problems we got in the world, this should take priority. It's the Glue Trap Prohibition Act. Huh? A bill to place a national ban 
on the possession and use of glue traps on rats. Why Why is this? Think about the glue traps, though, because I used those once a long time ago in my house when I had uh, some rodents scurrying around. I don't know what to do with it next. So now it's stuck and it's still alive. Yeah, and it's just looking at me. And I'm like, ah. And he's looking at me like, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never done this before. What do you do? I, We've just stared at each other for a second. So I was like, I don't know what to do with you now. You bonk him and then you throw him away. No, I just threw him in the trash. But then I felt bad because I'm like, no, now he's, he's, he's just alive and stuck in the trash. slowly die in the trash. But that he likes going in there anyway. It's technically his home. Yeah. Par- paradise. Um, by the way, there is precedent for this. Uh, West Hollywood became the first city in the nation to ban glue traps because Adam Schiff, the bug-eyed bowling ball guy, yeah. oh gosh, uh, is the original composer of this bill, and Mr. Ted Lieu, the congressman, just uh, adapted it to be a nationwide glue trap bill because glue traps are ruthless, inhumane, and can be dangerous. And well, this is a pressing matter. Yeah, because he was driving to his congressional uh, precinct and he heard uh, the two of us Michael Jackson's Ode to a Rat. We oh, yeah. found what <laughs> we were for. A rat named Ben. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Ben! Yeah, this is a song that Michael Jackson wrote about his pet rat. Oh, it is? Yes. Yeah. It was in a movie. Never knew that. God, that just brings back the memories of Ben. Of ben? What was it? Was it a movie? I don't I don't know. It's weird either way, and I don't need to be a part of it. <laughs> well, I mean, Rodin's a strange pet. I get everybody's got their thing, but... They sell them at the pet store, the one on 436 in Castleberry, if it's still open. Yeah, they sell rats. They've been selling rat big ones. They don't. They can't see. The way they find their way around is they drag little trails of urine and pheromones behind them in that little sack by the tail. Aw. And that's how they find their way around stuff, not to mention they chew on everything. It just it, it doesn't seem like a pet. Professor Smokestack, <laughs> Professor Smokestack, he's full of random tidbits and other useless crap. That's why their, is that why their eyes are red? No, but they got those weird Burning tails. from the urine. It's, you know, I mean, it doesn't seem like something you'd want on you. They don't smell good. It's... Ugh. What about the scent of gerbils in a cage? Ugh. Yeah, you don't clean wood that. wood chips and poop. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Did you know I had uh, hamsters? My kids and I had hamsters for a little while. Oh, wow. Gerbils, gerbils. Yeah. You want to hear something disgusting about gerbils? Always. I, I had no idea. So, right. you know, it was my kids' first pets, and I said, we can get a dog if you learn how to take care of these pets. And I had the gerbils. There was only two of them. And then they multiplied because the guy at the store told me, no, they're both males. Stoner. <gasps> he didn't know. He just lied to me. And we had a few of them after that, like six. Well, I always check with the kids. I go, you take care of the pets, and we'll get a dog. I mean, I didn't want to go and help them. To, I felt bad for them, but I wanted to make sure that they felt the need to, you know, responsibility. So one day I go down uh, to their room, and I look in the cage, and I don't know where the other ones were, but there was three torsos left. <gasps> they eat the young. If they don't have water, they'll <gasps> eat the head off the other hamster. No! Yeah. Why wasn't there water? Uh, I just got done telling oh. you because my kids didn't take care of them. How old were your kids? Um, they were like 11, Shit, 10, somewhere. You didn't, didn't feel the need to double check that no, your kids usually, were taking I, care I, of the I living thing? I usually do, but, but I mean. They, they should put that uh, sticker on the thing when you go to the pet store. Hey, they'll eat each other's heads. Be well, careful. they didn't say that. And I should have I gone in there. I didn't go in there. I forgot. I mean, it's just my fault, but not really. 
because they learned their lesson. They eat each other's heads? Yeah. Wow. I the, never knew the, that. For the water. Oh, dude. How thirsty you got to be to drink out of your buddy's skull? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Sunny Having fun with a world gone crazy. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. It's brought to you by All Electric Services. All right, this is kind of weird. What's weird? Everybody, well, not everybody. Some people have a, a fetish of sorts. I don't understand the foot thing. I know some people have like the whole foot fetish thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know people can make a lot of money online. That's what OnlyFans, oh. a, a lot of people that have those kind of, and that's, I, I find a lot of that when we read these stories, I'm not on it, but when I read these stories, a lot of the, the OnlyFans stuff have to do with specific fetishes. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's why it's it seems like a good money making idea, but like I said, after a a certain point, somebody's like, look, I'll give you $1,000 to do something real weird and make yeah. you uncomfortable, but you'll do it because money. But there's some also that you may have never heard of or you go, what, who, why, why does that need to be a thing? One of these on this list, I actually had an ex-coworker that did this and made YouTube, this is before OnlyFans, made YouTube videos for this. And the one on the list that I'm looking at right now is a balloon fetish. It means you're aroused by the look and shape of balloons. Now, okay. this co- I feel like I've told this story before, but if you haven't heard it, follow along. Stop me if you've heard it before. Strap in. It's weird. Yeah. he, Him and his wife, he was married. They would put on these head-to-toe latex suits, mm-hmm. right? Like, a, like the gimp outfit. Correct. Yikes. He'd be okay. in an empty bedroom. There was no furniture. It was just an empty room. Maybe it wasn't a bedroom, but it was a room. With a lot of space to devote to your your balloon fetish. fetish. Yeah. And there was nothing but a bunch of balloons blown up and like if you went into a ball pit, right? Right. And he had a knife and he would roll around on the balloons and stab the balloons and like moan as if he was enjoying it. Now, how did you find this <laughs> out, Jill? You might be asking yourself. How do you discover you have this uh I I, I don't know how proclivity. you come up I don't I don't know, but I had, you know, sometimes gossip at work. And I had the production director at the time, and this is when Intercom still worked, that was like, Jill, could you come to the production room? This is very important. We have a client in here. Jill, to the production room. So I run to the production room. And he's like, oh my God, come in and close the door. I have to show you something. And I'm like, okay. He clicks play on YouTube, and there is our other coworker that wasn't anywhere near us. He was down the hall. He's like, guess who this is? And you couldn't tell because his face was covered up said, who is that? And we looked at the name on the YouTube, and it, lo and behold, it was a dude we worked with. Oh, God. And Wait a minute. Do I know him? It wasn't here. It was in Tennessee. Oh, oh. And uh, I'm looking at it, and I go, huh. He's like, what do we do? I go, what do you mean, what do we do? He's like, we can't, I can't go to lunch with him now without saying anything. It can't be like. Hey, about your balloon face. <laughs> or, you know what you do? You get him a balloon, and you go to lunch, and be like, hey, gotcha this. Yeah. See what he does. So strange. I'll be in the bathroom. Hang on. Other ones on <laughs> this list, night. one Rick definitely could not do, is called claustro, claustro, claustrophilia. What's that? A sexual attraction to tight places. Not oh, on no. the body, but just in general <laughs> around you. I saw a video yesterday of a kid, uh, you know, teenager, uh, who climbed up an air conditioning vent and got stuck. And I'm looking at oh. that. I had to turn it off so fast. That's because a nightmare. Because then I think about it and I get all nervous. I panic when I get stuck in a shirt. When you oh, try yeah, something yeah. on that's too small, and you're like, oh, it's. do you not panic? No, no girl, I'll just rip right out of it. Like the my whole. wife got stuck in a skirt dress. <laughs> the first she pulled the, the the blouse over her head, and then right. she pulled the skirt came with it, and it was like, 
She's like, can you help me? And I'm like, ah, no, I'm going to take a picture. It's yeah. usually when you go to pull something up and you're like, this will fit yeah. if I put it on this way, but not this way. And then you can't get it off. And oh. I have bad shoulders. They pop off like a Barbie doll. So now I'm trying to get it off. I can't go down because my butt's big. So I got to go up over my head and my arms don't go that way. So now I got to call my husband. Can you? I'm stuck. I'd like a tube, like the inflatable flailing flying tube man. And my arms are in the air. I'm just stuck. All girl clothes are weird anyway. You guys got all kinds of sashes and stuff. No. You, you, you have laundry you can't even fold. You're not going to mention the uh, third one down? Um, Oh, blood play? I don't. That seems oh. dangerous. Oh, Why would you yeah. do that? People get sexually aroused by the, uh, where is it? The act of to- playing with blood during sex. Oh, uh, that's, oh is that, that why Angelina Jolie, when she was young, used to wear that blood necklace so she could break it at any no, time? I like, feel like that's some Jeffrey Dahmer stuff. Her and Billy Bob Thornton used to wear vials of each, of each other's blood. blood. Yeah. yeah, what's that all about? Was that exchanged during an encounter? Oh, oh no. yes, every time we get intimate. Um, n- okay, let me see if I can try to pronounce this. Nisolagnia? I'm sure I'm butchering that. Where are you? I'm way down at the bottom. The uh, one guy in town oh. that's into it's yelling at a radio right Nizalagnia. now. Yeah. Is that what it is? The pleasure of being tickled? Absolutely not. No. Um, in a pantyhose fetish, usually men are involved in this one. What is it? The experience of excitement by wearing pantyhose. Uh, you wear, me yeah. wearing the pantyhose? I feel like it would pull on your leg hair. And no, that's why just, would you want to do that? No it's like shrink wrapping your no. stuff. Now, I love pantyhose on women. Do you? Eh, I find yeah. it to be in the way. Whatever. That's why you got, you know. And it's weird. What is, what is that, a sock? <laughs> it's a sock. It's a sock that goes all the sock way up from pants. both legs. Yeah, that's just a weird <laughs> item of clothing. It is. So, well, socks or pants? Pick one. Why you got to wear both? Oh, gosh. That's how I feel about leggings. Leggings are not pants. Um, At least they don't cover your feet. Nobody in this room has man boobs, right? Okay, we're good. I mean, not uh, anymore, but. Study in the uh, study found man boobs can be deadly. Did you know that? Yeah. What do you mean? If you have man boobs, if you're middle-aged and you have man boobs, you are 37% more likely to die young before oh. the age of 75. Oh, no. Has anyone told Chris Christie? <laughs> it's called gynecomastia. It's a condition. Um, it applies to men with this specific condition. It's when a hormone imbalance causes enlarged breast tissue. Um, and just because you're chubby doesn't mean you necessarily have it because that can happen. Mm-hmm. I know chubby men that have pecs, not boobs, but if you start to get what actually appears to be breasts, mm-hmm. then you need to worry because it can actually affect your health. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? <laughs> uh, if you were 101 and you were a veteran, a World War II veteran, and you're going to celebrate your 101st birthday, where would you go? Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese? No. The VFW Hall? Oh, that's a good guess. I thought you guys would pick strip clubs. I, oh, well, I mean, yeah, maybe a strip club. That sounds good, too. Okay, you're 101, you're going to a strip club? What for? <laughs> yeah, because I can spend all my dollars at them. Doing what? Watching them bounce. <laughs> well... <laughs> Harry Perez Cerizo was 101 World War II Korean War veteran. He only had one one request. Dump him out. <laughs> wanted to be around beautiful women, so his niece and her husband decided to throw a party for him at Hooters. Oh, Hooters. 
folks at Hooters, 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 were happy to help and showed him uh, a really good time. In attendance were his whole family, other members of the veteran of uh, veterans of foreign wars. As requested, he was surrounded by beautiful women. He was treated warmly by staff. I'll tell you what, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I like the girls at Hooters. They're really attentive. They're really nice. Yeah. It's not just about the boobs. Like they're. Friendly. Well, yeah. Well, great... you know, the bigger your boobs, the more friendly you are. Is that how it works? That's, the, I, that's my perception. <laughs> yeah. Is that the mathematical equation? They have great popcorn shrimp, too. <laughs> and uh, finally, something that uh, Rick loves to do, that Smoke hates to do, and that's talk on the phone. Uh, Rick still does what normal people do sometimes, and that's pick up the phone and actually dial the person's phone number, and then you hold on the thing, it rings, and then about? somebody answers it. He texts you a million times yeah, instead always, of calling. He'd be like, he smoke, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, who, hello? Anyone there? <laughs> so aggravating. Somebody pick up. I'll text you a million times. I could call, and it would actually make more noise, but I'm just going to keep typing What am I going to call for? You don't answer. A text message because the text messages don't make noise. You My phone's set up to where. You don't answer I, either. Why doesn't? Why don't your text messages make noise? Because shut off. if I, yeah, I would look at my phone every two seconds. I don't have time for that. No, what are you doing? What do you have time for? Yeah, what do you have? What are you doing? I got other stuff happening. Taking what, melatonin what, what, at three in the afternoon and sleeping until midnight. No, I got to take the cat to the vet today. I got to clean the house. I got to go to the grocery store. Don't you have a well, girlfriend? Where's your balls go? <laughs> what is going on? Did she take him off as soon as you moved into no, this she, house? She's got work too. Oh my God! He's beginning to sound like one of those guys. I gotta dust the blinds. I gotta do yeah. the ceiling fan. Well, I gotta put a load of whites all, in. Sit around all day twiddling your thumbs, going, "I'm so bored. I might as well text everybody at work." No, I'm. I can multitask. <laughs> I'm literally do, do not stop at all throughout the entire day. But if something comes in, I look at my phone. Oh, Rick needs me. Let me stop for a second. See what he needs. Do the thing. Yeah, but see if I did that every time he said something, I wouldn't get anything done. I, I usually will just a couple times a day. I'll go through and I'll read the book and go, okay. Yeah, but you don't permit. respond, so he doesn't know that you got him, and then I have he to listen to the smoke. He doesn't know that I got him. It's smoke. 2024. Smoke. Of course smoke. I got him. Smoke. Smoke. And then he puts it in all caps, and then he's like, well, you handle your child, he and then I got to call you. You notice it doesn't matter what I say? I go, yeah, farts. Aye, aye. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, did anybody hear from smoke? And it's like, well, it's in there. I but that's it. what happens. Then we get in here the next day, and he's like, where's the audio for this? You're like, what's that? And he's like, see? If you would have just looked at your text, My brain you resets every day. It's, it's different. <laughs> I uh, I can't say that I'm a super fan of phone calls. If it's somebody important like my parents or Rick or my husband or my kid, I'll answer. But other than that, I'm like, Ugh. like I have one friend that always wants to catch up. Let me call you. Are you free? I want to catch up. I'm like, what? Yeah, but it's so much faster. I than feel texting. like we already did. Like she texts me, hey, how you doing? Blah blah blah. And we've already had a little exchange for like ten minutes. Then it's let me call you and catch up. And I'm like, I thought that's what we were just doing. <laughs> See, the ten minute text catch up could have been done in like two minutes on the phone. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't this always so have much faster time to answer the phone only because of uh, for audio purposes I'm kind of in the middle of doing something like you'll call me sometimes and I'm in the middle of cooking dinner doing something you're like what's that noise I'm like sorry you're on speaker I'm doing this that and the other Um, but Gen Z thinks that that's absolutely 100% unacceptable oh yeah they're terrified by phone calls answer a phone you can't what it's it's all texting do not call me it is the worst there's nothing scarier than a phone call which I don't get you love your phone but now it's unleashing a sound that fills Gen Z with terror. It's a phone call. Stop, stop. Why can't they just text me? It'll make you want to silence all notifications. Oh, no. It's someone I used to work with. How do I know what they want? Uh. The only thing 
Gen Z's canceling this time is their phone plan. I just want to watch TikTok, but a random number keeps appearing. <laughs> the call is coming from inside your pocket. Please, please, just DM me on Insta. <laughs> a phone call. Pick it up if you dare. I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Are you the stupidest person alive? Stupid News with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. All right, let's get right to it. Smoke, you ready? Yes. Okay. It's the one that's labeled... Uh, Are people really this ridiculously That's sensitive? it. So in Rancho Cordova in California, so it's a typical California subdivision, much Is like the like ones... Is it Cucamonga? Or different rancho? No, different rancho. Okay. Uh, it's much like the subdivisions that are popping up here now everywhere, like in Alfea, they got the one off. It's just the same house over and over, over again. And cookie cutter house. And it's only two feet away from the other house. And then they charge you 750000 for it. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's like, remember the... What was it? The Play-Doh machine. Remember the Play-Doh? Yep. We had, we had neighborhoods like that back home, and the appeal to them was, here's four different styles of home, and you got to, when they were building them, you got to pick out the carpet and the tile and, all, and basically pick out all your own aesthetics, and yeah, that's so why people like Yeah, so it's unique like everyone else? Do you want beige or light beige? <laughs> basically. Anyway, that's what this neighborhood's like, um, and they're they're building like they are here. They continue to build, so as soon as your section is done, they build another section. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the sections is not built yet. However, the streets have been named, and the new street is named Poopernot Court. And what? for some reason, I mean, I like it, Poopernot. Poopernot. It's not poop-a-not. like poop or not. It's, no, it's, it's poopernot. Like astronaut, but poopernot. Yeah, correct. It's actually named after the valley in Yosemite National Park. Oh. It's historic. It's not a new name, but they decided to name the street Poopernot Court. So, play the audio from the local news station. Poopernot? Poopernot? <laughs> Some say the name, well, it's a real stinker. Oh, I thought it was very strange. It's a funny name for a street. I wouldn't think that would be a street's name. City leaders even got the giggles when the name came up at a city council meeting last year. <laughs> okay, ready for this? Okay. Again, the title of the audio piece that I just gave, what was it? Are people this ridiculously sensitive? Is this for real, or is this some kind of? Are they plan? Is this was this a a production just to get clicks, or maybe maybe this is the city council meeting? I want you to listen to these people. These are the kind of people you go to a party. They're the ones who give you the Hollywood kiss at the door. They tap you on the shoulders and they kind of fake kiss you, mm-hmm. air kiss you. It's an air kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair la bise. Anyway, go ahead, play it. <laughs> I'm going to let you. Really? I'm going to let yeah, you pronounce really. that. <laughs> Somebody really, really needs to think about a new name. What's the name? I'm not saying it. Poopanaw Court is located in the Sunridge Park community. Why okay, won't so, you so- say it? It's not a curse word. Are these people for real? Are they that I'm not freaking saying. ridiculous? I won't say it. I'm not going to say There was a man in there. There's no, man left. There's no men left. Not doing it. I'm um, not a potty mouth. You expect me to say this? I'm not going to say poop. Well, it's poop and not. God, you know, it's a Native American name, and it's and it's from the national, it's from the Yosemite National Park. Maybe it's Poapano. It could be. Who knows? Just go ahead. Play the rest of it. Streets in this neighborhood are named after trails, lakes, and other natural features. And Poopanot is a valley in Yosemite National Park. The street name has been around for 18 years, dating back to when the subdivision was first built. So what do people in the neighborhood think of the name? Weird. 
um, different. You know where it is, though. <laughs> right below the name is a sign saying no dumping. <laughs> now, that was a good one. I want to live on that street and then yeah. just watch people's reaction when they're like, address? You're like, 4271 Poopernot Street? Yeah. Probably get stolen Spell a lot. I, I live in 1908 Asshat Court. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It just, just. Well, let's see. Um, oh, okay. Do you know that, what's her name again? Um, e. Jean Carroll. E. Jean. Okay, E. Jean Carroll is a woman that is suing Trump. And he's uh, already been found uh, guilty from some biased judge. The whole thing is a big sham, but it doesn't matter. Is she the one that said he sexually assaulted her in the dressing room at a yeah, oh, clothing store? Trump just met somebody. And, think about it. Trump. Just I mean, I know some of them will go, yeah, it makes sense. No, but I, to me it makes no sense because... I, this like the kind of guy he is. But apparently, he just met this girl. She was with her husband downstairs. Then they both met upstairs at a Macy's. That's what she or said. Or some kind yeah. of department store. And all of a sudden, he shoved her in a fitting room and had his way with her. Does that... That, that Right? Yeah. Does not sound legit, but I mean, no. it could happen. And then, and then she can't remember the date, the place, the year... What store? What location? It's really? all—it's all a fabrication. This is all part of the. And I don't want to get into politics in the middle of stupid news, but that's—it it is don't what it is. Don't you have to have like evidence? To- anyway, so there's a video of her out there that's making it online right now. It's going viral. This is bat crap crazy. She is freaking nuts. This video should be admitted in court. Trump's defense should be able to play this video. She's at her house in the woods. She has a summer home. She goes out there. First of all, she's dancing around. She's 74 now, 75. She's dancing around like a crazy lady. Does she have blue hair? No. Well, she loves the color blue. Yeah, maybe she does. I don't know. She goes by a river, creek next to her house. She goes, you see, this creek dried up last summer. So to make sure that I know where the creek was... She put she spray painted all the rocks on the edges of the creek blue. Blue. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. I can buy that. But then she says she goes on to explain there's one little branch that mm-hmm. juts out from the creek. I guess the the limb fell and she sprayed that blue the entire limb to a tree. Yep. Then she tells us that she decided not only that to start pre- spraying all the trees in her property mm-hmm. blue. I hear that song in my head right now. Um, blue. Well, not only that, she she painted her house striped. Yeah. Because and she calls it the mouse house because she has so many mice that live in her house, and then okay. she's named them. And she names this one lives in the kitchen, this one lives in my bedroom, this one lives in the bathroom, and yeah. then she's got like an outhouse out back that she has different names that yeah. she's listed on them, and she goes and visits it out in the woods. It's almost like... She lives with feral rodents. Yeah, picture like Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> like, that's the setting of where she lives. She She's not an artist. She just painted all the trees on her property blue. blue. And she's like, and before I knew it, I had done the whole forest. Isn't it beautiful? And she's standing there, and you can see the swirlies in her eyes, and I'm like, oh, God. She's going to start rocking back and forth and sucking her thumb. Something's not right. And this woman who can't recall anything about, probably, if if you know if you get mugged and nearly killed, uh, you would remember every single detail You'd and think. when it happened, uh-huh. and, and it would be something you would remember for the rest of your life. Yep. She can't remember anything. Where, when, what year, what, what the season was. Mm-hmm. She can't even remember what season it was. Anyway, so this guy in Patterson, is this New Jersey? Because it figures. Maybe. Probably. He's got a habit of spray painting squirrels red. Why, what? though? He, he what? traps them, he spray paints them red, and he lets them go. That's abuse. Can't you be spray what? painting animals? I mean, the SPCA said the county's probation department notified the organization and New York State Environmental Conservation Police that they have that. Uh, 
police say that 62-year-old has been trapping squirrels in metal cages, dyeing them red, and letting them go. So he's been charged with uh, three uh, counts of, uh, you know, attempting to poison animals, I guess, a misdemeanor because of the spray paint. <laughs> Is he trying to keep track of them? I don't know why. No, he's no, it's a, it's a fetish. It's, I they just look better red. I mean, you ever seen one? <laughs> <laughs> a U.S.-bound A&A uh, plane had to return to Tokyo after an intoxicated passenger got upset with the... Uh, Attended on the airplane and bitter on the arm. What? Passenger reported 55-year-old man believed to be an American, because the plane was on the way back to America, sunk his teeth into a crew member's arm while heavily drunk. He bit him? He bit the lady. 159 what? passengers an hour in the flight. They had to turn around and go back. For he, what? He was handed over to police. He bit the flight attendant. She, she tastes good? What was it? <laughs> I don't know. And finally, I saw this picture, and I, I tell you, I, I'm not a, I'm like, one, I know those people have been cruising their whole lives. I just yeah. started like two years ago, and I don't, yeah. this is once a year maybe, but when I saw the icon of the sea, because I love the big ships. It's so big, it's almost unnerving. Yeah, I got a little scared. I was like, it's too big. It just looks like grape brown water. It's too tall. I worry about it going and plopping over. Well, the icon of the sea is Royal Caribbean's highly anticipated newest and largest ship of its kind. It's mm. 20 stories high. It's going to start sailing January 27th. Most people are saying it's Titanic-esque. Isn't it bigger than the Titanic, uh, yeah? Yeah, but oh, the thing, well, yeah, but they say that it's, it is so big that people actually get frightened when they look at the ship. There's a new hobby now. People go down to, down to the Miami port uh -huh. and sit there and stare at it. Oh, it goes out of Miami. Well, it goes out of, yeah, because our port isn't big enough yet. Um, there's seven pools, a suspended infinity pool. Yeah, out in the front. Did you see that? And yep. they have like a kind of a... I don't know if it's... What do you call a big bird cage? Like an atrium? An aviary. Aviary, thank you. The slides and pool are part of a Category 6 water park, which is above 154 feet above the water. Again, it's 20 stories. 40 different restaurants and bars and lounges. Um, you can see all of the icon from the deck. So you can get on the highest point on the ship and see the entire ship. Oh, that would give me like height heebie-jeebies. But it says that a lot of people are feeling kind of queasy just looking at it. it. I tell you, the shot from up is the first time I saw the ship and I was excited about it. And then when I saw it, I was like, you know what? I can't imagine being right up on it when you're about to board because my last cruise I went on, when we pulled up, I was like, oh, she's big. Yeah, that, you don't want to get on. <laughs> and she wasn't even as big as this one. Like my cruise ship I thought was big and it had maybe 15 decks. I just can't imagine decks. this thing in a storm. I know they got the, the uh, Dude. those things, the the... the you know, what do they call whatever the, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it looks like a. Uh, somebody else go on it first. Let me know how it is. Move over, Icon of the Seas. There's a new cruise ship that makes yours look like a dinghy. Oh. It's Behemoth of the Seas. <laughs> Our massive vessel holds 140,000 passengers and 2,000 deck chairs. Huh? Icon of the Seas has a cute little go-kart track. But Behemoth of the Seas has monster truck rallies every five minutes. 
behemoth of the seas has a swimming pool so big, it has its own cruise ship floating in it. Wow, I always wanted to go on a cruise while on a cruise. Plus, the buffet on Behemoth of the Seas features four times the Listeria, six times the Salmonella, and our kids' pool has ten times the pee-pee. <laughs> Some say Behemoth of the Seas has gone overboard creating a cruise ship so big that we won't notice if someone's gone overboard. Find out for yourself and take to the sea with a sea of humanity. Wait a minute. Who are you? The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. Children, get out of this room immediately. On 105.9 Sunny FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 